What did I teach you? Uh, you, you are Duke of New, New York. You're uh, A number one. I can't hear you. You, you are the Duke of New York. You're A number one. <laughs> you stop doing no, no, no. We can, I can cut. You know, I, uh, this is an editing. I thought you didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I cut. This is editing that yeah, I do. There's your B-roll right there. <laughs> Shit. Might as well go then. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Fascinated with Films. Fascinated. We're back. Uh, he's not singing, but he's he's still. Yeah, I think he has a tick. He <laughs> hears that name, fascinated that's, with films. Fascinated. That's Justin's way of telling us there. he's got Tourette syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to control it. <laughs> Doesn't come out often. But. I, I didn't take my medication today. Talk fascinated. To his friend, talk to his, yeah, talk to his friends. Like, yeah, he doesn't swear at us anymore. He just goes around saying fascinated. All the time. We're like, is he really fascinated? Uh, or fascinated. Is he? <laughs> Dave, stop triggering Justin. Damn. Jeez. <laughs> do whatever, whatever I want to do. God. <laughs> All right. So we hope everyone enjoyed the, what was last week? Action sequence. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That was a fun pod actually to do. Uh, and it did remind me that we could do several of those suckers. But this week we have got our second of our uh, director series pods, our first one was who was our first one? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yep. Did he ever get back to you? And he never he, did. He liked it. Son, bitch. Did I not forward that text to uh, you? Oh, but oh, a good you? good news about uh, Spielberg though. They uh, he's signed on to do a Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, oh, nice. And it's starring uh, DiCaprio. Really? Yeah. Those are the movies yeah. I want. Interesting. Him to do. Yeah. Like if he signed on, if he said, oh, he's going to do this sci-fi, blah blah blah. No. Yeah. Stick with and both those guys history. usually don't do wrong, especially Leo. I, I like everything Leo does. I love that the authenticity he tries to stay to a lot of his stories. Yeah, Spielberg. Mm-hmm. No, he's still good. He did he's still rocking he did, some stuff. I don't want to embarrass myself if I'm wrong, but he did Lincoln. Yeah, it was oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I watched it again recently. It was oh yeah, it was really good. good. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, uh, flashy or anything, and it just took place in that one part of time. But it was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel but this pod, <laughs> it's about a director <laughs> doesn't do again. much. This director doesn't do much. But what he's he, still uh, alive. yeah, he's still alive. But what he is doing is really cool. So it's John Carpenter, and you might not have seen John Carpenter movie in a while, but he's been doing some TV here and there. But his recent uh, endeavor, and it's really exciting, is he's touring across the country and he's doing all his movie themes on stage really? with him and his band and his keyboard and everything what? and I hear it's phenomenal that sounds and, like your wet dream right? yeah, <laughs> no it really is it really is because you're a fan oh man of the music you should talk about I'm how big just of a fan, fan of I know you are but of Carpenter you, in general Carpenter of any is my, other movies music that's oh, most yeah. oh absolutely uh, I love well there's a lot of uh, which is weird because it's not cinematic it is but it's not classically cinematic no i mean and you have a musical background so you could probably speak of it more that it's it's all synthesizer yeah and it's all specific sounds and it's all like drones and and he did it's it. a lot of 80s and the stuff that he does in movies where it's not just background noise when it's actually music yeah and it's like an 80s soundtrack when you gotta yeah. realize that he but with he, pulses the, and the reason it was kind of started like this is because it was it was on the cheap you know yeah. i mean and they were making say, their own it had a lot of 70s then. sounds in it one of the keyboards he used yep. was a, a moog which yeah. is a really 70 sounding keyboard. If you huh. listen to a lot of like 70 sounding music and you hear keyboard music, who's their crazy guy that played keyboard? Zappa. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He Frank Zappa. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Crazy guy. <laughs> you know that crazy guy. Uh and John Carpenter, he he did the almost all his scores. I'm looking at the, the our list here, and there's only one uh two we've got thirteen movies total we're gonna talk about, and I think Three of the movies were not scored by John Carpenter, and the other ones were all scored by him, or they were scored by him and somebody else came in uh, with him to do it. And they all have that feel, man. It's like the best way to instantly get your entire catalog to have a similar feel. Now, there are a couple movies in here that don't quite feel like a John Carpenter film, but the majority of these, they're, they're like, you like Carpenter, you like all these movies, because he has that ability to create a tone and he uses all the same actors that that, yeah. is, a, that is a major part of it too <laughs> that he is uh, clearly Kurt sometimes like a, and you, I, I know you're gonna have some examples but there's like four people from the last cast on right. the next <laughs> still, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, but is, i mean if you find a, a winning team yep. you know i mean like we would it. do we would put johnny mendoza in every movie we ever made uh-huh we, I'm just sure. because we thought he was the best actor we had mm-hmm. but i think he's a good actor yeah. regardless yeah. of whether we have him or not but there were other people that we had actors on that, uh, that were we good did it more out of necessity but. well that's what i'm saying <laughs> that were that were good enough but they were there because they had an open schedule. Yeah, <laughs> when you do independent filmmaking, yeah. <laughs> when you do independent filmmaking. You, you you have to suffer a little. bit. I mean, you have to quality wise. If you find somebody that's totally willing to do whatever they can for you, you either have to have them on the crew, or if they're uh, uh, a, a decent enough actor, you got to put them behind the camera because they're invaluable to have those people that are like, uh, especially when you're not paying, them. that are willing, <laughs> yeah, right? that are willing to show up, and then the uh, ones that are good, we have to wake him up and stand him up in his uh, in his shower and uh, shower. <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> yeah, I have. I stood him up in the shower and hosed him down. That's right. This is this is true thumb spewing here. <laughs> I hosed Johnny down. Yeah. And, uh, and he showed up half in the bag, and he half in the bag. And he rocked it. <laughs> and we're like, and I was so excited. I was like, "Who's gonna get him drunk today?" Yeah, because <laughs> he brought his gold today. Yeah, but he was. Did well, he like him, most did he people, call him Petey. What's that? He called. He called what's his name's character. Petey. Oh yeah, he was making up dialogue. He was all making dialogue, but it was making up character names. <laughs> no, his name was Pete, but he just called. Oh, him, he just ended up calling right, him Petey, right. huh. and it worked really well. I said, "I love that he called him Petey there." That's awesome. And, I mean, it's just Johnny being kind of out there. <laughs> but exciting, yeah. So I totally understand. And they'll be like, with John Carpenter films, you immediately, the big the biggie that you think of in the repeat films is Kurt Russell, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys were like best friends. All these movies, uh, some of the best commentaries I've ever listened to, if anyone out there listening is a fan of uh, DVD commentaries, the John Carpenter ones are so amazing because they're so informative or they're just very like you're in the room, uh, especially the ones where... It's him and Kurt because they go off on tangents when they're talking about Kurt's kid or he, he gets not inadvertently. He gets Kurt to admit shit uh, <laughs> like, uh, oh, that last movie I got my ass kicked during. I don't do that <laughs> shit anymore. Right. You know what and I like? He'll tell the stories that you want to hear yeah. actors telling about. And John, when you get two old, clearly good friends together and they start doing that stuff, it's really interesting. Yeah. I like John Carpenter because in my estimation, he got he got just as big as you'd want to yeah. get. Yeah, he wasn't a Ron Howard where he could dip away and do something, and no one's gonna ever forgive him again if he screws it up. Right? Yeah, 
yeah. kind of navigated. Stayed, Sometimes you wouldn't even know it was his movie yep. if you weren't a huge fan of him. The right. lower level of that is Romero. Romero never got as big as Carpenter, but he yeah. he was even less out of that Hollywood element. But, but think but if of you look all at, the cult. If you look at Freakin' or something like that, he did The Exorcist, but he went everywhere. He did French Connection. He was all yeah. he was big into Hollywood. Yeah. And I think John Carpenter was happy with He probably uh, didn't want to just give me the money I need to make for my films. Yeah. And the problem is, is the more money you get and the more people they give you, the more control they want. Right. And the more they stand over your shoulder. Yeah. And I, I would take it as opposed to not doing a movie at all. Yeah. But once you become an established director. Yeah. But if you can, if yeah. you can glide in and more out of the indie, if you can stay films. in the indie level and raise right. your own money. Yeah. And I'm, I guarantee you, if you look at profit margins for, he and, made more money doing it on the down low just because yeah. but he, you, kept, he kept more of the profits. You also got to remember that uh, these guys, uh, especially in the horror genre, but people like John Carpenter or Wes Craven or George Romero, they weren't respected as at like at all in the 80s. Not until they became cult classics uh-huh. later on right. where people were like, holy shit, The Thing is like one of the best horror movies yeah. ever made <laughs> or Escape from New York or Big Trouble in China, all that. That's when... Uh, they were when, not commercial When it came out on VHS and everything, out. yeah, it was an instant success for them, but now they're like cult uh, favorites, man. That every Halloween well, how many people of his will go back have to have been these. remade? A bunch. Uh, let me see. One, two, three, four... Um, that's already a lot. Yeah, four, uh, and soon to be five. Five yeah. movie remakes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah, and, ah. and none of them needed to be remade. Uh, these are no, all. But that's the reason I'm talking these were about tribute wise. Like, right. Like if if someone's out there thinking they can make more money by just making a movie again, it was so good you could make it again and make money. Yeah. yeah. Or unless they think you. And I have no problem that people are. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if people are going to do. Uh, great stuff with it. I have no problem. Yeah. Like this new Halloween that's coming out is probably the most excited I've been for a horror movie. Yeah. I will be there at first uh, showing for it. And it's the one that Danny McBride and his company are doing. Yeah, I'm excited and, for uh, that. And they got the original guy to come back to do the shape again. He's not in it, right? Uh, who's this? Danny McBride. Uh, not that I know of, but he's he's been throwing himself in some dramatic stuff here and there. He could be in it. It, would be, it would, wouldn't ruin anything. Uh, he, was, he was the only good thing about that new Alien movie uh, yeah. that he was in it. But the key to the New Halloween remake, other than pro- probably the biggest, is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. And this is how, Jamie Lee Curtis back when she's like, <coughs> she's really cool right now mm. um, because she was in that Scream Queens and she looks really good right now. Uh-huh. Uh, she looks like a badass. And uh, the most important thing, though, is John Carpenter's doing the music. He's, oh, nice. He's coming back to physically do the music in the studio yeah. and do a whole do, new thing for it. So, he you know, he's... Him, but he's, they physically brought him back. <laughs> you know, he's... Because, they kidnapped him, threw him in a van, locked him in a room. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I don't know if you've seen the Halloween remakes, the right, the Rob Zombie ones. I, I, I own both of them. I, uh, I really like them. I love the first one. Yeah, the, the second first one, one was bad. first one man. better than the second one, the, for the, sure. The second one, they should that, have bet on that one. That House of a Thousand Corpses was great. Oh, that was phenomenal. And that was <laughs> one of, that was basically a remake of fucking Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Yeah. I mean, they, they just they took just their showed own you what spin was in the basement. It. Yeah, they you just know, made like, their own spin on it and yeah. everything. But but the first Halloween well, remake was Spalding. good. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Dr. Satan was Captain nuts. Spaulding might be one of Eric's favorite characters yeah. in movie history. That's how long is a piece of string? Pretty damn long. Two 
damn long. Yeah, that's Sid Haig, man. Sid yeah. Haig was he's and, great, and he movies. is a classic '70s kind of black exploitation movies. And Roger Corman, he died, played a man. judge in a movie I saw. He's played that. tons huh. of movies. Like if you judge. looked up Sid Haig, I guarantee yeah. he's been in 300 movies. So that's he great. he's like more than Ron he's like Howard's Dick brother? Miller. No. Yeah, he's right up there with Cliff uh, or. Uh, Clint Howard, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Clint. Uh, your pod was last week. <laughs> so yeah, so I picked like thirteen movies. There's definitely some Carpenter movies I've left off here that are that are still decent and everything, but I'm, I'm not going to do every single one of them. Will be here forever. So I picked like thirteen, you know, a little horror. Yeah, element very, there. I see what yeah. you did there. Uh, and you uh, did not David catch that. So you won't hear us talking about uh, Dark Star or. Um, Vampires, which was which was decent, other than having the scumbag in it, uh, but it wasn't which, it wasn't the best. It's, you have to be specific. There's uh, so many James scumbags Woods. these days. Woods. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they had some good stuff in that movie. They had one of my favorite things they uh, did was when he he stuck like a uh, I don't know if it was a spear or something through somebody and uh, pulled it upright oh, to wow. an angle and it yeah. just split the body in half. Oh, and nice! It, like fell over and yeah. that's how the vampire like. And, oh, I mean, he did it with his hand. Where they were like, like they were like vampire hunters, right? Yeah, they were vampire hunters. Remember, yeah. they would uh, one of the Baldwin brothers in it, the the obscure Baldwin brother that the you've never that seen, in, Daniel like, Biodome. Daniel, uh, no, that was he's even more uh, notable because he's from uh, he's Usual like Suspects. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Stephen. So no, he's number Stephen would be number three. It'd be Alec the, William the guy Stephen. From the, Daniel. Fire movie. the fire yeah. movie. What was the fire movie? William. Uh, oh, Backdraft. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the one you don't see very often. Yeah. No, Daniel, you definitely don't see much. So Daniel was in Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. God, I don't know. We talk about the Baldwin brothers. Being part of that crazy family and, and being like the least successful. <laughs> what? Oh, you probably awful. get. Oh, what are you doing now? Yeah. Are you doing Depends commercials? Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention that he looks just like Alex, so he's constantly yeah. being asked probably to sign yeah, autographs. Exactly. I'll just sign him as Alex from now. Right. Yeah. Take pictures. Five with bucks. They'll be worth. Yeah. They'll be worth some money eBay one day. So yeah, right. we're not talking about that. We're certainly not talking about. It. And I, I'm John Carpenter is my favorite director of all time. I love John Carpenter. That's not to say that he hadn't had a, a couple uh, misses here and there, but even even his misses that weren't re- really big had moments in them that were decent. Uh, Escape from uh, Escape from LA is not on here, or Ghost Goes to Mars is not on here. Ghost to Mars was really difficult. <laughs> I don't remember that one. That but was the I one with Ice Cube and Natasha Henstridge. I think uh, I saw that. I watched and some of maybe Escape from LA, and that was bad. Yeah, Escape from LA wasn't great. It was bad. But if you listen to John, don't worry. We're going to kiss your ass for the next 13 <laughs> movies here. So let's, let's just had to get those out of the way. Yeah. Let's start with uh, the one of my first introductions. You going uh, in order? Early on. I'll go in order. Yeah, I might as well go in order. Uh, so let's start back in 1976 with The Assault you, on Precinct 13. You were one years old when this came out. Yeah. No. <laughs> I didn't watch Assault on Precinct. It was I, I watched it early on, but probably not until I was about 10 or so. Mm-hmm. I think I watched uh, it with Dad. Maybe because it was it was it was played, but it wasn't. It was pretty obscure. This was Dark Star. I think was technically uh, John Carpenter's first movie. Yeah, it was written by the same guy who did Alien, uh, Dan, huh. Dan Banyan. Uh, but it it was really low budget and everything. And I've seen it. I think I think the guy who played Chekhov was in there. I think Walter Koenig oh, really? started it too. Uh, if I'm not wrong, but uh, I'll have to go back and watch it. I haven't seen it in so long. Uh, it's very hard to find. You find that on DVD, you're really lucky. Uh, but Assault on Precinct 13, and there was a remake of it. And Justin, you've seen the remake. Yeah, actually, that's yeah. the only one that I've oh, seen. Oh, you haven't seen the original? No, yet. no, yeah. Did you like the remake? I actually did. I thought yep. it was pretty good. And it um, was, uh, who, Ethan, Ethan Hawke Hawk and uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne and, um, must have been some other people. But there I were, remember. I forget who the female I saw it in the theater. Was. I remember that, but I, 
and the thing with me with John an Carpenter, impression on you. well, yeah, well, <laughs> the thing with John Carpenter, and if you're a John Carpenter fan, you you like John Carpenter because of his music and because of, because of the tone that mm-hmm. that he creates, and it has that early or late '70s, early early '80s tone and darkness, and he uses a lot of the same cinematographers. Uh, Dean Cundey was one of his main big guys who ended up going on to do Jurassic Park and everything. Oh wow! And I'll talk about a movie later on where he just lit just by fires. He just lit fires all over the place, and that's the only lighting he uses. So. <laughs> You get like oh, wow. a, so getting, that darkness getting his inner child out. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So you've got that darkness and you got the music and everything, and you just don't get those with the remakes and everything, mm-hmm. unless yeah. they decide to use John Carpenter's music, which it almost will feel like a John Carpenter movie, like that new Halloween. They're mm-hmm. playing John Carpenter stuff during that, yeah. and you got Jamie Lee. Yeah, I mean, it almost go, picks up the story. Dig that keyboard out of storage. It's like, uh, I bet he's still I had it though. They need I to throw. Got it, I'm yeah. sure. Well, they should definitely throw John in for a cameo. He does a lot of cameos in his does movies. He? And you, oh, really? you probably don't realize probably it because it's realize. very subtle. A lot of times he's like the helicopter pilot, so he's under like a helmet. Yeah. Visor. On yeah. Stuff like that. So it's very obscure. I would do that and I would pay myself a ridiculous <laughs> I'm sure that's what he does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Assault on Precinct th- uh, 13, because you got to remember this is 76, and there's, there's one specific scene in it that uh, that is kind of jarring for uh, audiences in 76, but it was it's kind of all centered around that scene. So you've got... Uh, You've got this precinct that's closing down. It's like moving to the different part of the city. And uh, uh, so they have like a skeleton crew working there of uh, officers and everything. And what's happening within that town is a gang that's going around uh, killing people and just doing it. Just being anarchists, basically. (laughs) And uh, they... uh, what happens is they they go and they kill this guy who's working at an in an ice cream truck, and uh, right before they just thrown equipment all over. Watch out! <laughs> <laughs> man, good. who the fuck? Who the fuck? hurts ice cream, man. <laughs> I know, right? So yeah, he kills an. I got all emotional for a second. <laughs> no, <laughs> Dave got triggered. <laughs> Uh, so what happens before he kills the guy, the ice cream man? This little girl comes up, like this little eight-year-old girl comes up and buys like an blonde ice hair, pigtails. Yeah, blonde yeah. hair, pigtails. Uh, buys an ice cream and walks away. And between the time she's gone, and she ends up coming back to the ice cream truck because she gets the wrong ice what? cream. But between the time she buys for you swirls, you, chase what you take what you got. Well, you're and getting talk about a nine the, millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk about the wrong place at the wrong time oh. too, because she she leaves. Yeah. And between the time she comes back, the ice cream guy get shot in the head and then uh when she walks back she like looks at the guy and says hey i got the wrong flavor and then with no friggin like bit of emotion he just turns and uh shoots her in the chest (laughs) blows her away yeah so and during this whole thing her dad is on one of in a uh, like seeing he's in a telephone booth and for those who are listening a telephone booth is one of those phones that they used to have on the street covered that in a box that superman a box. used to change into <laughs> yeah. like the old superman yeah. superman's changing room basically yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like i never saw harry carvel going to the uh, yeah, yeah right <laughs> um so what happens is the father's in the phone booth and uh, goes back to where his daughter was, realizes her daughter's dead, sees the guys walking away, gets in his car and hightails it after him and shoots like the main guy that just shot the two people, shot the main uh, uh, friggin' gang member. Kills him. Kills him. Yeah. And then he drives off. He like walks away and uh, his gang comes out of like the darkness and sees that he killed him and they like follow him. And this guy realizes he's being followed by these guys and he's on foot at this point. And he's, uh, I think he crashed his car or something. So he, he's literally running down the street and happens to run by the precinct oh, that's wow. got the skeleton crew going in there. So he books it in there. <laughs> they'll save thinking, me. They'll yeah. save me. <laughs> Good luck. And everything. And, uh, 
and literally from that point on, it's the uh, it's what's going on at the precinct and with the incoming like gang members that ends up like tripling at some point outside. Mm-hmm. But also what's what's happening is there's a prison transfer, and I think this is where the the sequel kind of comes in a little right. bit more. Who was the prisoner? Uh, Lawrence. Fishburne. It was Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Okay, and he was good in that role. Yeah, man. man. You don't he, see he him plays, play that type he, of role much but, though. But when he plays somebody that's like you know almost deep covered, dark yeah, type yeah, yeah, character, yeah, yeah. he's really I was good at say it. Yeah, 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 because that's such a great movie that yeah. I keep forgetting you ever have a movie every time you hear somebody says it and you're like I gotta, oh, yeah. I gotta see that movie oh yeah I and then you forget it. and then like six months later somebody else has mentioned oh, yeah, it and you're mm-hmm. like fuck I gotta yeah. see that movie yeah. <laughs> and I forget again that is the reason that I have hit, such a big collection because I have those moments and nothing's yeah. worse and like, I gotta see I own it <laughs> well nothing's worse than oh shit I don't own it so. right. oh yeah at least nowadays you can almost guarantee you can buy it digitally somewhere online it's and it, it might time. be a bad copy, though. That's Maybe. the thing. Some of the obscure ones that you think you no, should be I able mean, to like get. No, but I mean like streaming it. Yeah. Yeah. Not if you so go on YouTube and spend five bucks on it or something. Uh, so uh, what's happening, though, is, yeah, there's a prison transfer that's going on, and they uh, something happens on the the bus. I think someone has a heart attack or something like that, and they, that's how they have to like stop at the precinct. Oh, really? So you have prisoners there, and one of them is the guy that's very... He's very Snake Plissken. He could easily have been played by Kurt Russell if John Carpenter had met him at that point. <laughs> but the other guy's a black guy from... Uh, the really cool black guy from Rocky. Uh, all the Rocky movies. Yeah, the Apollo's uh, the, trainer. Yeah, Apollo's trainer. We should know him. He's been in yeah, all the Rocky movies, too. Well, he goes, damn, he goes on to be I, I should know his name. I, I, I have his name in my back of my head. But, I always look at him from the he was Rocky's trainer yeah well he was in the number one too though remember he's the one that was watching the tape and he's the one that said man you gotta come look at this guy (laughs) his name is Tony Burton yep Tony Burton man Uh, I don't know if he's still around but man he was fabulous he died at the age of 78 they have a date I wonder Um, if recently Trying to get I want to say it. if it was recently because <laughs> our production staff is snapped. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in post. Nineteen ninety nine. Looks like uh, it was, was two thousand sixteen. Yeah, so it was somewhat recent. He was really good in this though too. This was prior to Rocky because Rocky was like seventy seven, maybe so it might have been right around that time. Uh, this has a lot of feel to Rambo two. Oh no! First blood. Rambo, yeah, regular Rambo. Rambo first yeah. blood, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Who the hell is uh, Brian Dennehy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just as I twitch, what he said. <laughs> fascinated. <laughs> just in his, it's like ten or twelve trigger words. <laughs> if you listen long enough, you'll you'll be able to. Don't be like Sean Penn. He went full retard. Episode- <laughs> career. You never go full retard. <laughs> Episode fifty. I'm just gonna rattle him off. That's why I'm like a seizure. <laughs> We'll lose Justin for a good 10 minutes. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh. All right. So, uh, so yeah, and it's got that awkward point. At one point, they have to give the prisoners guns because they were like, right. well, we got to rely on you guys. And it comes all the way down to like the black, uh, the main police officer is this black guy who's got like this fro. He's really badass. I'm sure he's been a lot of stuff at that time, uh, period. And it was just basically him and the Snake Plissken type character kind of taking everybody out. Everyone kind of dies one at a time. There's a lot of. And it's such a great movie yeah, idea it, because there's a. It's simple. It's an automatic struggle. And yep. like every 10 minutes, someone will run, try to charge to get in and they'll stop right. them. Yeah. And then someone will get injured. And then they'll oh, we forgot to lock the back door. Yeah. And like, there's <laughs> a window open. Yeah, yeah. And what's great about this movie is it's got. Uh, it established some elements that John Carpenter has carried through his entire career that he's really good at. He's really good at those multi cast. 
uh, productions. If you think of The Thing, how many how many different actors were in The Thing, mm-hmm. or if you think of Prince of Darkness, how many different actors were in that. It's he literally, and it's a quality that uh, it's done always really done well with Stephen King, uh, because Stephen King is writes that really well. He mm-hmm. writes those twelve really great characters, and they all have different quirks, and you can, and they're on screen for three seconds, and you know, oh, this is guy's the asshole, and this guy is in love with the girl next to I him. Kind of dropped the ball it, on it, it but. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I think he did that well with it, too. You mean the movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean the movie. <laughs> they cast And John Carpenter's actually only done one Stephen King movie, and it's really? the like one movie that does not fall into that structure where he would have to uh, yeah, yeah. follow up like a large group of actors, similar right. like Frank Darabont can really do, yeah. like in The Green Mile or in Shawshank. John Carpenter's really good at that, man. If you go through a lot of his movies, uh, he's able to bring all those characters in. And a lot of that is with casting, too, because if you think specifically uh, – Prince of Darkness, uh, the cast in that, everyone you see, two seconds, you remember them, who they are. And he because probably you, knows. Very diverse. You know, you've got Wang Chi, who's the uh, uh, the Asian guy, obviously, from Big Trouble in China. you get got the, uh, the uh, Hispanic girl. You've got the uh, the dorky guy with Egg glasses. you got the black yeah. guy. you got Egg Chen. The you got Donald Tremors. Pleasance. you got these guys that uh, Peter Jason, uh, you can... You can recognize these guys in two seconds. And you know what? It, much like you probably do this when you're writing, he probably knew who was going to play that role from oh, yeah. the time he wrote it. He's right. like, I'm writing this for this oh, guy. Oh, Pacif- right. I, I can guarantee Peter Jason, uh, because Peter Jason uh, is a very great character actor that's in a lot of the movies we're about to talk about. And uh, a lot of the times I always bring up, because everyone seems to remember uh, Brewster's Millions, uh, whenever I mention movies to Chuck anyone, Fleming. so he and he plays Chuck <laughs> Fleming, the the reporter. Chuck Fleming, Action News here, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and he was really well known for that. But he's also well known for Deadwood and a lot of these Carpenter. We films. saw him in. Uh, we saw him in uh, John Carpenter in the in the Mouth of Madness. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later on. But the uh, Prince of Darkness commentary is done by Carpenter and Peter Jason, and I can't wait to get that man. Because oh wow. I've never. That's one of the commentaries I've never listened to, and it's one of my favorite films, and it should be amazing. I told you though the commentary for In the Mouth he of Madness. He did with the lighting. He did with the lighting guy. Which I was like, that is awesome. so great. And you know really? what? The, he just and talks you, about the lighting the whole time. You know what's great? There's probably like right like lighting students at Full Sail that are like. They love that commentary because right. they never get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Never get that. I watched a commentary. I might have mentioned this on a previous pod. I, I Lighting would... is hard as fuck for those who are listening. Oh, yeah. You yeah, yeah, haven't yeah, lit a movie yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And you think, oh, you buy lights and you it's, set lights up. Yeah, it right. Is I mean, it, it's hard as fuck to make it look good. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to make it look good. I mean, anyone moron can put a light on there, but when you can like create shadows where bounce shadows weren't season. there, or right. you can bounce shadows off these bouncing boards, and dangle and, sticks in front of the light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we did. This, some we good, did some good stuff. We did when some we good when stuff. we got people from Full Sail in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that was basically the Assault on Priest Think uh, Thirteen. It was really good. It established John Carpenter. This guy is kind of an up and coming guy. From I think he went to UCLA. I think that was he was one of the guys that came out of there. He was definitely a, a California guy. Uh, because the next movie was also done in California. This is arguably his probably most famous and his most profitable one. Not necessarily his best because I I like a lot of the the lower uh, level grungier ones. But this was 1978's Halloween. Oh yeah, and great one. I mean, talk about something that just <coughs> goes through every generation. Every Halloween, people want to watch this movie. Oh yeah, and it's. The old one uh, holds up, man. It has it everything you want. Scared the crap out of me when I was scared oh, yeah. of crap, man. You got to remember, there weren't many horror movies like this back then. Uh, this was, uh, I think, this was even before the first Friday Thirteenth. 
or maybe Friday the 13th happened on the same year. And I remember mom said she, we had like a, uh, we had a CB radio oh, yeah. in our house. Oh, wow. Like on the bar. We had an antenna and, on the roof that you turned uh-huh. on the dial. Oh, wow. Like, to, dad did Morse code. Yeah, yeah. Then, he was a Navy. Morse code guy. Uh-huh. And he learned, some, he learned Morse code, so he would just stay up. And he was always kind of a China. tech guy. Like back then, you couldn't talk to someone in China. <laughs> right. But he missed his opportunity code. in his life to be uh, a computer uh, guy. Oh, he would have loved it. Because at even towards the uh, uh, later in his life, he was taking computers uh, apart and just putting them back together for the fun of it. Huh. Uh, but back in the day, he had the CB, and uh, he would carry one in his truck. He delivered fuel oil around town and everything. And my mom would call him every once if in a while. If she got a service call. If she got know, a service call. She'd send us to do it sometimes, uh, yep, too. To huh. call our dad and everything. And she had watched The Thing uh, on TV and CB'd my dad that he needs to get the fuck home right now. Because <laughs> it scared the shit out of her because she was a babysitter too at that uh, point when uh-huh. uh, she was still in their early 20s and everything yeah. was babysitting and doing stuff like that. So it was it hit home, yeah. I think, big time to her uh, and sure. to a lot of the people at You that said time. the thing. Yeah. Uh, you meant Halloween. You meant Halloween. Oh, I meant Halloween. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I can see someone calling sense. him on yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, too. Yeah. Right. No, sorry, Halloween, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, so 1978, when this came out, and this was done by all students. If you watch, if you want to watch any a great making of it, there's so many different DVDs of Halloween out there. There must be about 30 different versions. Oh, I'm one sure. of them, one of them, uh, and it's probably on the Blu-ray. I would imagine there's like a two-hour documentary, oh, which wow. is just as amazing as the movie. Yeah. Like a lot of times, I'll put it on, and then I'll. I'll, halfway in the middle of it, I'm so familiar with the movie, I'll stop it and I'll play the uh, the, the documentary or, or reverse. Mm-hmm. And uh, it talks about how they had so little money. They all just graduated. Didn't John uh, Donald Pleasance? Donald Pleasance was he the, got most that of was the, the money, biggest right? money. The biggest thing of productions with Donald Pleasance uh, fee, and it was like ten grand. Uh, Dean Cundy came on, and they had basically invented the. Uh, the steady cam on that film. Oh, wow. And it was like the first time, uh, it had only been used a couple times and it had never been used as the point of view as the killer. Uh-huh. So that's what really disturbed people. So when that he, he went around the, the outside the of the window, that scene too, and that was done by Deborah. Because uh, that had the Hill. mask in front of the camera, remember? Yeah. And Deborah Hill did the, uh, who was the producer of this, who, who died too young too, and she was married to John at some point. Uh, she she like played the uh, uh, the little kid's hand going in nice. and doing stuff. But, uh, <laughs> huh. I this, noticed that kid had big hands. <laughs> <laughs> but this had as for our point of view too. It had everything you wanted. It had it had bloody scenes. It had nudity uh, up the ass. The music it had, was the, that, it yeah, had the scary music. ass music. Everybody knows who was the music. girl that got killed in the bed. He PJ she Souls. Was, she was a scream uh, queen from yeah. From she was in Carrie. She was and, in uh, tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. She um, was super cute. Yeah. I loved PJ Souls. She's still good. And she stuff. was spunky. Yep. Like. Totally. That's all she said. Totally. It, that was like a drinking game going on that uh, for a while there. That oh, yeah. if you take a shot uh, or a drink every time she said totally in the yep. movie, you'd get like wasted because <laughs> she says it like 60 or 70 times in the movie and what? it's really fun. Totally. Uh, t- totally. <laughs> 70 shots? That's, oh, man. That sounds like hospitals. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or more. Maybe, yeah. maybe just beer sips. <laughs> How, <about> I, <laughs> How about I just yeah. think about a shot? <laughs> yeah. I might be drunk after 70 times. Yeah. My drinking days are over. I'll just take shots of root beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you think of all the the, the great scenes in this movie, the music like was that phenomenal. scene, like before the scene in the uh, the scene in the bed, like when he just opened the door and was wearing oh, yeah. the uh, the ghost kind of cloak with his glasses yeah. on yeah. over it mm-hmm. and everything. What were some of your favorite scenes from Halloween? Either of you? I'm trying to think. I I do get it. I 
I do get it confused. That there was like a whole melee. Well, number two is the when, hospital. No, no, I know that. But there was a melee in number one where he stabs the kid and then he cocks the his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I that was the kid that he. That he I just put remember the that, over. that is the creepiest thing ever because the head cock. Yeah, yeah, the mm. head cock. It's like he's not. He he does enjoy this, or he is thinking about it. It's right. not just just mechanical. Right. I watched the. Uh, Obviously, I'm familiar with a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff because uh, John Carper is my guy. And he, after they had filmed that scene, they asked uh, he asked his friend because his friend played the shape in that movie. Who's actually uh, he went on to direct a bunch of movies. He directed like the uh, nothing really big, but he directed I I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but he directed uh, Dennis the Menace. Uh, oh, really? But he was on the set all the time. <laughs> he was hang out with the method. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, see, so he uh, and he, now they got him to play the shape in the new movie. But he's basically was John Carpenter's friend. It was like it would be like if Wallace was on the set and we said Wallace, put the mask on you, the shape. Yeah, yeah. And so he was the shape. And so I guess he asked him after that scene, "What were you thinking of uh, when you did that?" And he says, "I watch my dog sometimes when my dog can't quite figure something out. He cocks his head, right. and stares at it in a weird way. And so he says that's what I had brought to that scene. Nice. And I looked at it like he thought my dog was looking at something. Right. And like, like you said, it's your, it's now, your memorable play, scene. So it did really... he play Jason? I mean, uh, not Jason. Did he play Michael, number two. Michael through? No, just number two. They, like like very similar to like Jason. They uh, they had different up. actors. Yeah. I wonder if he goes all. to Comic-Cons now still trying to make money. I was the original. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you could bank it there. Really? Well, especially if it's in the entire cast. Like, like when that, I bet the entire cast uh, for the new one goes to Comic-Con because Comic-Con is usually at the end of the summer mm-hmm. and that new uh, Halloween comes out on October 19th, counting the days. It's good oh, promotion. Nice. Uh, it's good promotion. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what it's, especially if Jamie Lee Curtis is there and oh, John yeah. Carpenter's there and uh, Danny McBride and all these other people. It, it's going to be really huge. Yeah. Uh, so Halloween's always one of those staples, and you remember Halloween two is like it takes place two seconds after Halloween yep. one is. Right, yeah. it just is her fleeing to the or her being carried to the uh, uh, hospital and everything. That yeah, was a my movie. creepy scene in that one. Yeah, is when he stabs the nurse, and her feet, and oh, her his shoes <laughs> fall off. <and laughs> feet. Oh god! And they go cop yeah on the ground and you're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah no. oh man when they got leo rossi in the spot oh they stuck him in the water and they remember that scene off. we used to pause all the time the guy that tripped oh uh, yeah yeah fell in the pool of blood yeah oh I don't. that know. was the guy from last uh starfighter the his last head. starfighter guy was the uh uh he was one of the ambulance Orderly drivers or he oh, was wow. the ambulance driver him and leo rossi from relentless that's right and uh yeah he tripped and fell what was interesting about number two number two uh, John Carpenter wrote and he did the music for, but at some point he didn't. Uh, he he wasn't directing it huh. uh, because he got replaced? no, I think it was his choice that he was gonna. Uh, uh, someone else was gonna take over or anything, but he was involved in it. Same with number three, he was involved with the music. He wrote all the music for number three, but other than now, that, there's a weird movie we've talked about before. There's a weird movie that kind of moved away from oh number three, yeah, oh yeah, season but season was, which didn't have anything to do. With it Michael was good. I, liked I loved it. it. Yeah, if you're don't, a diehard horror don't fan, don't think of it as a Halloween movie. If you're a diehard horror see, fan, you love season. Of yeah, Lynch. see, I just I don't like it because I only watched it when I was a kid. Oh, and you it need to scared the shit. Oh, out it is of scary. Me, man. It's yeah. scary. That's the reason I like. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. now, you know what I mean. But like, all I, I have is my, the memory of being terrified. I couldn't wear a Halloween mask for yeah. years. <laughs> Fuck that makeup only. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going as a clown. Calling Nini. Yeah, Halloween man. It was it was fabulous. Do you have any uh, f- 
favorites um, uh, from, from the Halloween? Just either one or two. I mean, I really like just the whole ending sequence, you know, where it's just him and, and Jamie Lee Curtis. He gets him with a knitting needle in yeah. the neck. And oh, God. When he sits straight up. One yeah. of the best lighting oh, yeah. things done. Yep. You should talk Is that about when that he's lighting. In the pool. Uh, no, he's she's no. in the foreground. And he's in the background. Uh huh. And I don't know how they did it because it looks like he didn't move any of his body except his waist. Literally just folded the front. It was half of his one body. of the best like sit ups. Yeah. they could have <laughs> they could have got him lying down. Yeah, and reversed it. Maybe, but oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think they just with practice he, he went up. It wasn't takes a lot. Of core. It was smooth. A lot of yeah. core, core muscle development. <laughs> it was smooth. You should tell us, Drew. Uh, I don't remember the, the lighting <laughs> sequence specifically. That I'm what talking the about was I don't. Uh, well, not that scene, but it's very close to that scene. There's a scene where she is. You don't know where Michael is, and she's oh, okay. standing in the hallway, and there's a very dark and spot it's a dimmer next to or something. her. And they have a light on the dimmer, uh-huh. and he slowly is turning the lighting. Uh, Dean Cundy is slowly turning the. Uh, uh, probably not Dean Cundy. He's the director of photography, but the uh, the gaffer's uh, slowly turning the light up uh, on the dimmer, and uh-huh. you can because of the mask, yeah. you can just barely see it, yeah. and then it comes up just so perfectly, and the music pumps. I mean, in. it was very classic. Movie. And the mask too. Uh, we should uh, talk yeah, about the. I was the, uh, just about to say. Do you that, know what the mask was? I, it was William Shatner. It was William Shatner. They yeah. went to a costume store and they had they found a Star Trek mask, and it they found really an, bad. They, <laughs> found a, they found a clown mask and three masks, and they all brought them back to John Carpenter. And one of them was the the Captain Kirk mask, and they were like. He's like, I kind of like the Captain Kirk mask. If we make it like zero features, can you like black out this the eyebrows or the white out the eyebrows right. and white out the rest of the features and everything? And so that's what they did. And that's why, it, if you look at it, it kind of does. Look oh yeah, there's yeah. 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 He probably lists that on his IMDb. Oh, yeah. I bet he I does. Yeah, I play I the mask. In that, was the, yeah. that, was the, that was the inspiration for the mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what all people see when they watch that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why I love, they don't know why they like it. They yeah, just right. know they like it. It's just because so that's why I'm charging $100 for my uh, autograph at yeah, Comic Con. Yeah. Does he charge like, 100 bucks? It's like Shatner standing charges. with the Halloween cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet he charges 100 No, bucks. he does. He's, it's oh. a, uh, maybe I heard like he was 80. kind of a jackass, but uh, I, I still like Reedus, like Norman Reedus is like an $80 or $90 uh, I can autograph. get that. It's insane, man. It's I can't insane. see that's having the boss in charge that. Yeah, that's disappointing. Who wants autographs now anyways when you can have photos with a guy? I well, mean, they charge yeah. 50 bucks for Stan Lee. Yeah, well, charges, the li- he, the he has like the $100 um, yeah, fan like pack. A, well, they all do. They all have like package deals. you get it. You know, I, I do your ringtone. Yeah, yeah. You get a I'll do your ringtone. I give you a hand you job. I give you yeah. a <laughs> yeah. 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 for one hour. Yeah. One random yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. I give you three tugs yeah. for 120 bucks. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Norman Reedus, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anyways. Oh, Weird. <laughs> so, anyways, let's go to the third one here. This is uh, a great one, 1980. And this was an also a, just a classic horror almost gothic horror movie was 1980's The Fog. Uh, do you, either of you remember The Fog? I do remember it. Yeah. I, I it was very New England. It, I, I remember seeing it when I didn't have the ability to appreciate it. Mm. Oh, really? Like, I remember thinking, like, how is that scary? Can't you just run away from the fog in the other direction? Right. And I don't... I did watch it later on where I was like, because it was, it wasn't. Uh, it was a good story. But it's a good backstory. It's better than you remember. I'm telling you. No, you go no. Back and you watch it. I've seen sure. it since then. Oh, you, yeah, okay. I've seen it since then, and I like it. No, I mean to anybody, anybody first, that might not have. Uh, my first impression was 
was as a kid that it wasn't that scary because it was slow and, and was, you didn't see the monsters for a long time. Yep, and right. well, and a lot of times you didn't see them at all. You just saw the weapons and yeah. stuff like that. And when so, you were a kid and you like monsters, you want to see one. Yeah. And there's been a remake, and the remake was it was all right, but it wasn't Mist? like it. Uh, no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Take that, Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> He's crying right now. <laughs> no, well, this had a decent story to it, but like it said, it was a classic ghost story. It was a classic kind of gothic horror movie. And I love movies that you could tell were, I don't think it was necessarily Cape Cod, but it had that Cape Cod feel to it, mm-hmm. where it was right on, I think it was in California, like I said, a lot of his movies are in California, that uh, the um, it was a small town that has just been celebrating their 100-year anniversary, mm-hmm. and... Uh, they were everyone was having this great uh kind of party that was going on and are and you had several different and this is when he kind of establishes that multi-character kind of thing that carries on later in a lot of his Adrian movies Barbara. so you got and he's got some key like <laughs> Talk horror, about some of the actors yeah some key horror actors that are super famous like janet lee who mm. played uh, uh the shower scene the shower scene in psycho so she, oh, really? she was one of the most Adrian famous Barbara. horror his breasts were in cannonball run <laughs> there you go <laughs> that was afterwards though that's how they're built too <laughs> name a cast neighbor give their nude scene <laughs> uh, so you've got adrian barbo you got tom atkins now, this might have been the first yeah this is the first time you worked with tom atkins but tom atkins was the main guy from halloween 3 uh-huh. that was uh searching for the masks and everything uh and then uh, you've got uh, J- uh what uh jamie lee curtis jamie mm-hmm. lee curtis is the second time he's uh worked with her but it had uh, buck flowers who he ends up working with a lot in future movies, uh, who else was a major person in this? That may have been the main cast right there. Well, Adrian Barbeau. So what you've got going on is you have this whole small town of everybody, and the kind of the mayor is uh, uh, Janet Lee, or she's in charge of the – she might not be the mayor. Maybe she's the one who's in charge of, of all – Yeah, she's in charge of this big party that's about to happen. Uh, but – so five days before, or it's a couple days before this party's supposed to happen, the fog starts rolling in, mm-hmm. and you see the fog attack people on a well, boat it's first. Most to be the fog comes in all the time, but no, this is talk like about an, the lore. The lore that well, in, no one's seen this much fog though. But when the fog starts coming in and people start dying. Uh, they end up, I don't know how they end up going to Hal Holbrook at the church. And Hal Holbrook knows exactly what's going on because Hal Holbrook's uh, connected <laughs> That's why with he's it. in a church. <laughs> Hal, Hal Holbrook's connected with it. And the story goes that uh, 100 years ago, uh, there was like a ship of lepers that were coming into uh, into the town oh, that was just being established in these people that uh, the founding found, founders of this town. Yeah, no. I can't let that ship in. I can't let that ship in. So what they did is they set fires uh, like it was the kind of welking them into the uh, the port of town, uh-huh. but they uh, set them in right where there was a whole bunch of rocks that would destroy the fucking ship. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they basically lured the ship into the rocks so it would kill them uh, so they wouldn't be... Uh, I meant they could just turn around and tell them to go well, somewhere yeah, else. Right? Like, <laughs> go down that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Providence is all, that way. We're all <laughs> filled up here. Yeah. Uh, but th- what they didn't realize is, is like the ship is filled with gold. So they use the gold from the ship to nice kind of to build, to build 
killed the town. Nice. Uh, so they fucked everything. over somebody, took their money, and yeah. burned them. Mm, burned alive. the lepers. Yeah, you're, you're, you're. Uh, I think some mojos coming. Some bad that, mojos. Yeah. Coming. And it might happen a hundred years. I'm surprised it waited a hundred years. Yeah, right? Actually, so basically, that's what happened. A hundred years uh, since this incident happened. These uh, kind of they're almost like leper zombie pirates. leper pirates. Yeah, they're almost like zombie. Oh my lepers. god! That, that's the if best. That isn't a movie. I'm making. <laughs> uh, if that if those three words were not on the poster, then that was a huge loss. Maybe that's why it didn't make as much money. Because <laughs> zombie leopard uh, pirates, pirates is exactly it what just, they were. I can just see one going like "ar" and it's <laughs> nice yeah. bottom jaw yeah. just falling off. Stop off, talking right? about it because we could develop that later on. Because who wouldn't rent <laughs> leopard zombie pirates? Yeah. Oh my god, man, that's the title right there. Netflix. Oh, <laughs> we're ready. So ba- at the beginning, you were only seeing like a hook come out, but they were like nasty deaths, like under people's chins and shit yeah, like yeah. that, and, yeah. or under their groin. Kind that of stuff is fun. I mean, yeah. we, we could speak about liking horror elements like yeah. that. Yeah. Like that type of movie is fun because you just think of all the different ways oh, you can yeah. do it. And and, and they work. The, the story was pretty simple. You've got Adrian Barbo who's in the uh, the lighthouse the whole movie. And she's oh. got like a sweet job where there's a, a radio DJ station. Or something? She's, it's a radio station yeah. in the lighthouse. So she's – and this is how it tells <laughs> you how uh, – uh, the the time it's dated. There is no cell phones. That no one can reach anyone. And she's literally the only uh, person that's telling people what's happening while it's happening. Like the fog oh, wow. is on Twelfth Street and it's oh, moving wow. left. Oh, if you're south see. of if you're south of the street, get the hell inside your house and don't open the doors because people are like it's also that time. It, People are opening the doors and stepping outside in the fog. I mean, you, yeah. you don't expect fog or pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody goes to that first off. Oh my gosh, that's a great band name too. Oh, shit. We just need to pat stop that talking right about now. It. Yeah, <laughs> spurn some thirteen-year-old into stealing our dream. <laughs> so it's so there's some moments of this cheesy and everything, but it comes all the way down to like the the fog rolling into the church, and uh, and you realizing that Hol- Holbrook was one of the guys, you know that. I I was uh, that lured the uh, oh. the lepers into the uh, thing, so Wait he thought they How wanted him. He? How old is he? And he <laughs> had like the, he they wanted their. It was also an element to like leprechaun in there where they wanted their gold back. Yeah, oh. and he had like this big cross that was uh, made out of gold, and there was this great scene where oh, the wow. zombies are coming for him at the end. It was oh. fun. It was a great movie, man, and it had an awesome soundtrack. I mean, that's the one good thing about these Carpenter movies. And I've downloaded. I told Dave earlier that I. Uh, I can only write to Carpenter movies now. It's not like I can't, but I usually do because I've had to, since I don't... <laughs> Sounds like a finish. <laughs> no, no, no. Like earlier this week, I've been going through old scripts because I wanted to, to update them before I uh, finish the new one I'm writing uh, here because I want these other ones complete uh, because I'm about to start pitching them to a bunch of different people. Uh, so I went through like uh, uh, the Crystal Asylum script and I was just playing... Uh, Big Trouble in China in my ears. And before you, it's like an hour and 25 minute long score. Yeah. And everything before I realized I'm like, th- I'm like on my fourth go around. So oh, I'm like wow. at my f- like fourth hour <laughs> on there. I was like, wow, I've heard that Big Trouble in China soundtrack four times. <laughs> uh, but I've got the, uh, the Prince of Darkness one. I've got uh, Escape from New York. I need to buy like the Christine one or They Live. They're both awesome soundtracks. But The Fog is a really good one too. So I have to just sidetrack real quick because anytime I think of uh, like <laughs> ghost ship, I, I want to um, ghost ships and pirates and all that. Have you ever seen the movie? And I think it's called Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship. Oh, the beginning that, of it. The first scene. Everybody. Oh my gosh, Shit. that's one of. That my was favorites. really the only I'm great sure scene. You movie. should have thought of that for the. It was really scenes. the movie wasn't that. No, great. the movie no. was not. But, but that, the, first that scene, opening scene was yeah. really good. It and, was great. Yeah, and it just that cable goes yeah, through and slicing everyone, everybody, and they're all just standing there, and then. 
Everyone Everybody just off. falls apart. Like, it was done on um, a smaller scale in like Resident Evil. Remember that, that oh, room? In the, oh, the yeah, river yeah, moved up the and lasers, got the, yeah. Yeah, the lasers. Really cool. Yeah, chop that guy into little tiny yeah. pieces. That was at the same time as uh, Event Horizon, which had a lot of the same stuff as Ghosts mm-hmm. Ship in a lot of different Didn't parts. Didn't they of do it. that in the ho- not house on Haunted Hill? What was the one where they paid them to stay in the house? Femke Janssen and that was House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, oh, was it? yeah, 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 that was a decent. Yeah. Movie. It was decent. Yeah. That's some crazy stuff yeah. too. All right, so our fourth movie here, and this was a year after the fog, and this was this is arguably. I think I've probably got five of John Carpenter's movies in my like top 25 movies of all time, and this one's in my top five probably, and that's number four is Escape from New York, 1981, oh, man. Nice. And Escape from New York is so much freaking fun. Yeah. I mean, and if you want a good example of good Carpenter music, good tone, great acting, this is the one you should uh, automatically go to. And, I mean, they made... Kurt Russell, like the coolest guy in the world from this thing. Yeah. Snake Plissken, man. Yeah. He was the the renegade <coughs> criminal. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about Escape from New York? You're familiar with this one. And so the um the, the world is in <laughs> turmoil. New yeah. York City is like a prison. Yeah. Manhattan Island, yeah. Manhattan Island is. Right. Not New York City. Well, sort of. Well, yeah. <laughs> but very expensive prison. Yeah, very expensive prison. <laughs> but, <they're>, <laughs> but they just I just remember the opening scene. They show someone trying to escape, and it's and great. the narration is great. great. And the narration is done by uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and huh. where she oh is it where she says uh, and in the year it was yeah, like yeah, in the yeah. year nineteen ninety I think it was like ninety eight or something yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were talking about the bridges were mined and the waterways were being guarded and by helicopters like, and yeah, everything. There was wall around and there's the whole thing. there's no police force inside Manhattan yeah. Island. It's just the worlds that the prisoners have created on their own. So right. basically, they just all terrible. the prisoners are thrown <laughs> in there, man. And yeah. So there's a, but there's a. Um, so there's a summit coming up, and the president has to give a speech. Yeah, and he's in his he's in his airplane, and then hostage um, terrorists, terrorists take over the plane, yeah. like lock them out, mm-hmm. like the pilots are actually terrorists, yep. and they're going to crash the plane. So they put Donald Pleasance, President Donald Pleasance, yeah, <laughs> President in, a, in one of those <laughs> in one of those future eggs that they can like spit out, yeah, like a you, pod, like a pod that's completely like. Like protected, mm-hmm. so he falls into the prison. Just happens to this, eject like, right oh, over Manhattan, man. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> someone would say, "Where are we right now?" And it was Air Force One. Everyone else on Air Force One dies yeah, because it right. just crashes in the middle of Manhattan. They hit this. Yeah, they hit one of the buildings. What a, a really weird casting note is uh, the guy who is like outside the uh, the cockpit who is hitting the door with the butt uh-huh. of his gun yeah, trying yeah, to get with in. The glasses on. That, that's Gerald Ford's son in real life. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> they, they want for some reason. They, I guess he was a movie fan or something, and he wanted wanted to be in the movie and they that's how they worked him in no shit <laughs> <It's> crazy <laughs> the shit you find out uh, through commentaries yeah right uh, so i don't exactly remember why they recruited snake plissken he's just the baddest of the bad he's man. just the right, baddest yeah. of the bad and, i thought uh, he knew something well so there's they, something interesting about this movie and this was they a, were like, mean though they they like injected him yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they injected, well before that like, go do it yeah, Before that, they have a. If you also, if you have the Blu-ray, or if you, I think it's even on the special edition DVD, they have the. There's a cut opening scene from this movie that's like 14 minutes long. Really, really, it's like a 14 minute scene long where Pliskin uh, is part of the big huge robbery 
uh, and he's fleeing on the subway with his partners, and he gets caught and brought into the jail. Uh. And so you get to see him do oh, his whole heist. You get to see the whole heist. What? And you they get didn't to put that in the movie? And it was, it was majorly produced. It wasn't like it was like half filmed uh, and everything. Ooh, so they just see, cut it. Terrible. It must be for time. Well, that's the beauty yeah. of DVD. It carries on forever through right, DVD, yeah. really. Who cares what they do in the movies? Right. Uh, so definitely watch it. I wish they actually... I have seen it, actually. But it, what would make me happy is if it was actually inserted in the movie. Like, you have to go to the special features, click right. deleted scene. Watch oh, it. really? But it's 14 minutes, so it's worth your time yeah, to go right. do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it's amazing thing. So you realize he gets kind of uh, screwed over and uh, uh, gets caught and he gets brought in and Lee Van Cleef, uh, the, the, <laughs> Lee Van Cleef. the bad from the Which good, from the bad, the, bad the ugly. The ugly. Yeah. Uh, really badass guy playing that uh, role. You know, recruits him and says sets the rules and this is where it's always exciting for me as a moviegoer when you know the rules right like you have 24 hours to get the president you don't have to just get the president he has an audio cassette tape on him you need the cassette tape and you need the president and you need to get it back in 24 hours and by the way that shit we just injected with it's something that's going to explode in your arteries in 24 hours so if you don't get them back uh in 24 hours but if you do, don't worry about it because we can neutralize the charge in your yeah. neck with these sure high tech futuristic yeah, shit. Yeah. That I got here. <laughs> 1996. <laughs> like, it looked like a jump rope. <laughs> yeah, it was like jump rope handles. Yeah, jump rope handles. Uh, and so he gets obviously pissed and everything. And to make it even cooler, I mean, they put the thing on his wrist yeah. uh, that yeah, has yeah. a countdown. Right. And uh, it's not like it's it starts like right then. So he has to. Uh, Go up, use a flyer, this glider to go in and remember where he lands. Oh, he lands on top of the World Trade Center. World Trade Center. Oh wow, yeah. I forgot about lands that. Lands on top, and uh, there's a battle the, at the end of it. On and the, the top. World Trade Center has turned to shit too. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like it's still intact. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, right. uh, in the futuristic 1998, yeah, technically that was true. Right. Uh, so he lands there, and then he goes down, and this is the movie I was talking about where Dean Cundy just lit it with all fires in the street, man. That scene oh, where really? he's walking when he just gets out of the twin towers and he's lo- walking in the city, and you could see random people running in the background through the fires and everything. And you could tell there are people everywhere, but they're kind of like rats, you know, and they're kind of like scavengers. Ernest Borgnine is one of his best roles. It's one of his best roles Hmm. as the cab driver. Yeah. Yep. He's the cab driver that kind of knows everything. Right. uh, And yeah, it was just cool as hell. But the... uh, The brain. You kind (laughs) of... The brain. So you realize that uh, while the president had a kind of tracking thing on his arm, so he tracks down where the tracking thing was, and Buck Flowers, the kind of play, the guy who plays kind of the yeah, bum yeah. or the right. weird character in all John Carpenter's movies, is wearing it. Remember he, he I'm like the president? Yeah, no. Well, he's <laughs> singing. Uh, yeah, Hail the Chief. He's singing Hail the Chief when they find him, and he puts it over the mic for the uh, for Lee Van Cleef's character to hear it and everything. So now he's got to. Uh, use kind of his smarts to find the president because he doesn't have the tracking system and he runs into Ernest Borgnine and Ernest Borgnine oh we, we got a guy in town know the brain if anyone knows where he's being kept it's the the brain and the uh, brain's being played uh, masterfully by Harry Dean Stanton his wife or his girlfriend is uh, Adrian Barbo now was Adrian Barbo married to John Carpenter at one point she was married to Carpenter and and Wes Craven at some point, but I'm not she sure what the timeline is, a is there. For horror directors, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, she likes to be a horror star. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your implications here. <laughs> Neither does she. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you got Isaac Hayes playing uh, the Duke of New York, mm-hmm. a, number, a one. number one. Yeah, uh, who kind of runs the whole city and who's got the president? He would if he was in there. 
Isaac Hayes would. Yep. <laughs> and it's just this exciting, exciting movie, man, where he's got to get the president. And he's get, when he finally gets the president, now they have to get out of the city. And the brain has a map of the, uh, the of the Brooklyn Bridge, which shows where all the mines are. Oh, so yeah. So he has to zig and zag through all of it. And it just goes down to this very tense, tense ending. And it's just it's ex- action-packed and exciting and awesome all the way through. Skipped man. over the, the battle he had with the wrestler, ring. Yeah. yeah. Who was that wrestler? Uh, he was the real deal. If you listen to the commentary, even if you go to that scene and listen to the commentary, uh, Kurt Russell was scared to death. He's like, uh-huh. this guy didn't realize we we're making a movie here. Right. He's like, yeah. And, and <laughs> pull punch. I know pull punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was like, at sometimes when you see me blocking those things, he's like, I'm blocking them. Things are real. This guy was really giving me full uh, force. That's mm-hmm. crazy. But then he got his kind of revenge on that because remember they did that scene where oh, uh, yeah. uh, Kurt Russell had to nailed. hit him in the back of the head. With the uh, with the club that had the nails in it, yeah. Th- this is how fucked up uh, special Couldn't effects were back in this? the day. They actually back put then. a block of wood on the back of this wrestler's head. Yeah. and Kurt Russell had to hit it with the fucking nail. I remember you saying, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That seems insane, like too much. You fuck that up, man. He got one shot, and he yeah. has to land it just right, and uh, he did. Yeah, they talk about it on the commentary. Fuck, it's very that's, fascinating. That's crazy. <laughs> so, didn't the stuff that they inject in him? Didn't it just turn out to be like the flu or something like that? It was something that made him feel sick, but that there really wasn't anything in him. It, How, was just, it, it may have been nothing in him, but because at the end when he got back there, they put it up against they, his neck and they said, you're good now. Oh, so okay. it could very well have been. Maybe, that, really was, go maybe that was L.A. Because didn't they pull the same shit That in was LA? the main problem with L.A., man. It was like, let's do the same thing. And we're like, dude, you, was, dude you let him <laughs> inject you with something else? Yeah, right. Oh, like, yeah. And they were surfing in the yeah, streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The streets. Like, that yeah. Kind of, it was bad, yeah. man. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Escape from New York. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic one. All right, let's go to the next one here. And this is the next year, 1982. He had a run here like insane, man. I'm telling you, he, he had such a great run. Uh, 1982's The Thing. This was one of the few movies that he did not score. It was done by Eno Marcone, who uh, did oh, really? a lot of famous movies. And it was great. Really good. It was he, good. He, he like did an impression of... Uh, of John Carpenter. I mean, he did something that you could tell John Carpenter approved. Of this Way music. more understated, though. Yep. It wasn't... Some, Carpenter goes all over the place sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. during intense scenes yep. where this has stayed very, very subtle. pulsy and undertones yep. and... It, I, it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And this really. whole movie is brilliant. I love the color yeah. that it was filmed in. It's like blue. The whole palette, gray. the idea yeah, that you're yeah. just, you're doing this all male cast yeah. of, of just guys that are like, it's almost like a submarine I can movie. Imagine you know, it's like a submarine almost. movie, yeah, but, yeah. but in the, uh, they're in the Arctic, yeah, yeah. they're isolated. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. And, that that's ripe for horror, you know. It's like, oh, or you're yeah, in space. Dude. Submarine movie. One of you is infected and is an alien, but you don't. Know but it. you don't yeah. even know it. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, you don't know God. it, or you can't tell us. Right. Now that on a submarine. Ooh. Horror submarine movie. Oh, with, leper, with zombie, leper, pirates. zombie pirates. Oh, oh submarine oh, zombie leper pirates. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna be able to release this pod, guys. <laughs> patent like, pending. Patent pending. Yeah. <laughs> We've had it written already, so don't yeah. tie it. But it, it's very true. You know I, that isolation makes good horror movie. You know yeah. because and oh, the, aliens. Any where are you space, gonna go? What are you any, gonna do? Any sci-fi in space. Uh, any yeah. horror in space. Yep. And the concept that. Anyone could be the guy, man. Yep. Anyone could oh, be the killer. Yeah. And uh, you're all going to be picked off one at a time, and no now, one trusts anybody. What? How did they come across it? I know it was in the ice, but how did they, they went come to the camp next to the it? dogs? The dog. The dog brought it in. That's Remember? what the dog it was. came running into camp. Mm-hmm. The Norwegians, the Norwegians were trying Norwegians to shoot, shoot it from the helicopter. Right. And, That's right. And. 
unfortunately, Daniel Moffat shot the, uh, <laughs> the the guy with the crazy eyebrows mm-hmm. that run the camp, uh, shot the Norwegian in the head before they could, not that he could speak English, but maybe they right. could have figured something out. Yeah. Uh, for them to explain, hey, this dog is infected with something that you don't want here. Right. So that's what happens, and it just it, it attacks its... Uh, it gets to its first host, and then it goes from there, and no one knows who's real, and some of these best effects you've ever seen in your life at this time, and still practical yeah. effects that they did in this movie. Rob Bottin did a phenomenal job with the effects in this movie. The uh, When the guy got his arms bit off? Yeah. Uh, bit off? No. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess cavity, I guess that technically like is bit off. Body cavity, yeah. The body cavity yeah. becomes yeah. a bunch of teeth. teeth. Yeah. And like bit his arms off? Didn't you say that that was like a... They an got amputee. An actual, yeah, yeah, like a double With gelatin amputee. arms. Yeah. Oh yeah they gosh. just stuck his gelatin arms on there and they put um, they put a mask of that guy from uh, L.A. Law on, on his, his face. face. The amputee. So the amputee had fake arms and a fake uh, mask, mask of the, the other guy actors. from L.A. Law wow, that's on crazy. his face. Yeah. And uh, it's done so quick with the great lightings yeah. that it holds up, that's man. So and him awesome. screaming and the guys, and then the uh, the body of uh, the guy from... Uh, his head drips off head the table drip, and turns in. Drips off is like the best adjective yeah. Or, uh, yeah. or verb I've ever heard of it. It totally <laughs> drips off yeah. the table, man. Yeah. It's really nasty. It turns into a fucking insect. Fire? Yeah, like, yeah. It, this couldn't... is something out of, like, some insane nightmare. Like, he, yeah, uh, real talk, like he was right. doing mushrooms in Northern California the yeah. weekend before he wrote that. Type. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's very possible. <laughs> Heads dripping off tables. You don't understand. This is a true story. <laughs> I <laughs> see this. <laughs> oh man, and yeah, that one particular scene. I mean, if you go to that scene, or if you jump to like the uh, the dog scene where it's coming out of the dogs and they're running down there with the flamethrowers, yeah. and you hear the guy from uh, uh, License to Drive who handled the dogs say, "I don't know what's in there, but it's weird." pissed off that's all i can tell you (laughs) and they go in there and childs who's played by uh the great uh keith david uh from men at work uh oh yeah uh, the black guy from men at work and he has that pause like right before he lights up the whole uh remember the tongue the it becomes like this flower of tongues that spits out at him Uh, yeah i do kind of remember that and uh he has this pause before he fires where he's just like awestruck that he can't believe this is happening and then they have to like (laughs) Burn it, burn it, yeah, burn it. They yeah. have to egg him on, and then he, when he uh, lights it up, it just burns everywhere. And at that point, they know something's really fucked up. And weren't they like doing a test to see who had? Yeah. Oh. How did? What was the test? They, I don't remember. They took blood from everybody. And they heated the. They realized piece that at some point it doesn't like heat. Yeah, at some point they realized that it kind of shied away from the heat when they were when they were burning it with the flamethrower. So they realized that it was possible if they had infected blood, if they took a red hot. They heat it up with one of the flamethrowers like this big piece of copper. Right. And uh, they would kind of stick the copper, the hot copper, into the blood and uh, kind of scrape it through it. And if there was no effect to it, you were fine. Right. You've seen, you've seen the South Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The South Park. Oh, yeah. Park. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. The South Park did it. It was uh, great. But it, it's such a genius <laughs> idea. It's something – it's such an idea that – I mean, who knows it was true, but the audience buys into it in a second. They're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, yeah. this is how you do it. Right, yeah. And then you knew that it was going to, at first, it didn't have any effect on the first two or three people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Had the, the, Made, the black guy, the chauffeur from yeah, the yeah. Seems Like Old Times, uh, was one was of the, on the first roll guys. On the roll skates, yeah. He was the first one that you could prove that it wasn't him. So then <clears throat> they gradually would, they tied everyone to the like couch remember right yeah and every time you were cleared they would take you off the couch <laughs> until it was down to three guys and you knew at some point that they were gonna have this was gonna have a thing yeah and it, I, I love that at some point they got so relaxed with doing it that kurt russell wasn't 
the petri dish was on the table at first mm-hmm. when he's cutting it but he was so relaxed after the third or fourth people he was holding his hand oh. because that first time that it had a reaction yeah. it was in kirk's hand uh-huh. so he ran the thing through it and then it just jumped right out of the right. petri dish and he dropped mm-hmm. it and you could see the blood like run the beads of blood running everywhere and everything so and then the guy starts on the he couch. lights him up real close to the guy well, no next remember to him. He, he starts turning as he's tied to the other guys so the other guys are freaking yeah. out and at some point he like busts off that couch and hits the ceiling yep. and then comes down and his head like bites down on another guy and it's just crazy to even think of what's going on in the scene <laughs> <laughs> uh, had that great scene where it finally came down to that one last guy that they 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 were kind of convinced he was infected too and it turns out he wasn't he was, right. he was like if you mind get me out of this goddamn chair <laughs> he was really pissed <laughs> they locked up wolf of brimley in the like the shelter outside. yeah, yeah. i'm all right that i can come is. inside i'm all right now yeah. all right. he was not all right now. he was not right. he was no. building a fucking spaceship under the fucking ice uh, <laughs> so if anyone you've seen the uh remake yes yeah, the, the remake yeah, only had it. really one great scene in my opinion which actually started out pretty well that's why about halfway con- through that's it, why i got confused about the ice yeah and halfway through it it, it, it turned to shit but it started out well you were like oh man this could be smart well, there were so many unanswered questions for well them. i like the idea that they it was a prequel it was going to take place it was going to follow the norwegians point chasing of view the dog mm-hmm. before they got to it so my favorite scene and it was like the one saving grace in my opinion to this is that it ended at the begin for the beginning of the next one huh. you literally saw them chasing that dog that's funny i didn't was, i didn't realize it was during that. the credits yeah. uh, and it was really amazing how they butted right up against each other huh. Huh. But the idea that they uh, they didn't have them, I would have if it was me. They would have been it would have been subtitled, or if it wasn't subtitled, it wouldn't have been a whole bunch of American actors. And that one yeah. chick from Clover, Ten Cloverfield Lane was in it. Yeah. And it was like they she wouldn't have been there. And it was they they had a lot of Hollywood. They were like elements. you can't make another one with all male cast, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if it was that time during that time period, it probably it would, would have be. been. So. No, it would be, but they were like movie audience wants to see something. Right. They just Hollywoodized it, and that was my yeah. main problem with it. If they had gone gritty, and it was somebody who had gotten $2 million to do it other than this like... This is why the, John Carpenter wanted to stay where he was. Yeah. Right. In the middle, he got to do it. He got to make a 10-guy movie with no women in it. Well, so this next year, this he, he got a bump up, man, because he got a... Uh, he got one of the most famous authors in the world. He got the rights to be able to do one of his movies, and that's 1983's Christine. Yeah. Yes. Stephen King. One of the better of Stephen King's oh, yeah. remakes. This is yeah, I agree. Also one of the ones uh, that captured the tone of... Uh, uh, because in me, in my opinion, John Carpenter's... The, his tone is probably the most uh, recognizable and uh, uh, memorable uh, in most directors that I've seen and it just pairs well with Stephen King I and mean, the funny thing is if you think of good Stephen King movies they have this tone even oh yeah. though he didn't do them yeah and with uh, with Christine it was a very faithful remake too there was little things that were done here and there but it was read. pretty it was pretty faithful to, uh, to what happened and everything and it was a simple story uh, it was just scaled down the car did a lot more crazy car, shit car was possessed book. man since it's yeah. Since its inception on the on the assembly line, they should have yeah. known something was wrong. Yeah, they went to that crazy guy's house. Oh, he, that guy, that, he was great. He plays an actor. He plays. A, he's a character. He was in uh, the Quick and the Dead. That's right. He was the old guy that kind of uh, 
was uh, doing the uh, no, he was the old guy that kind of rescued the young Susan Sarandon. Oh, Susan Sarandon, uh, Sharon oh, Stone, yeah, 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 yeah. Sharon Stone, and kind of kept her when her father was being hung. Yeah, he, he's played a lot of different roles. Huh. Uh, he's got to be dead now. But uh, even before that, remember the, when we see kind of the birth of Christine? She's built on the assembly line, oh, and yeah. she kills somebody right on the assembly line. Right. And he goes in there, and he's smoking his big stogue, and uh, and he's ashen on the uh, and it ashes on the uh, on the upholstery and yeah. everything. And then all of a sudden, the the end of the day comes, and the uh, the shop steward there kind of opens the door, and the dead body kind of falls out, and everything. And that's the uh, the opening scene that how, how Christine, but. Uh, then it jumps forward like must be like 20 or 30 years uh, because then Arnie we get introduced to Arnie played by the great um, Keith Gordon who we've mentioned several times in the pod went on to dress to kill and uh, a whole bunch of flicks Jaws 2 I saw him on recently huh. really. uh, he and now he, he went on to be a director directed a lot of the Dexter episodes oh, nice. and everything uh, kind of weird looking kid man but it worked really oh he was the kid from I always mention, forget to mention this is probably the one mo- most people recognize him from is the kid from Back to School his son yeah, the oh, son yeah, of the diving yeah. team. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, weird looking kid, but he always played roles where he would be that weird looking kid. Right. And uh, and that was what was great about Arnie. I mean, this started out with him literally wearing the horn room glasses with the tape in the middle. And yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. tripped in the school. He changed. As he the, trained as the as the car. The car. I mean, get the, more power. The kid in the car relationship mm-hmm. is very subtle in this, but it's it's uh, palatable through I mean, the whole like, thing. The actor makes a full. Yeah. Oh revolution. yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! To the point where he's a dork, and uh, it, it's interesting if you look at this movie from his parents' point of view of what's happening because his mom's like making his lunch for him and everything, and she sends him <laughs> off, and he's thinking he's going about through puberty. He's, he's yeah. thinking he's going through <laughs> college and everything. Puberty. Well, then it, to the point where he's dating uh, the hottest girl in school, right. and he's dating the Virgin Connie Swales. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he's wearing now he's wearing leather, leather outfits. He loses the glasses. He's glasses changing anymore. his hairstyle. Right. He's threatening his dad. Remember, his dad says he's not going out. And he grabs right. his dad and like throws him up against the wall. And they're like literally scared That's of him right. at I some remember point. That. Uh, and he starts calling everyone uh, sinners and shitters and uh, all this different stuff. Where he even loses uh, his best friend, who's played by uh, Dean Stockwell's son, uh, oh, John really? Stock- uh, Stockwell. Uh-huh. He, the only other movie that I really uh, know him from or loved him in was. Uh, my Science Project. Yep. Main kid from My Science Project, which I don't think you've seen yet. No, I haven't. Hey, it's so good. Yeah. You got to come over there and uh, check that out my, sometime. That's a random one. Man, my favorite scene from that movie is when the when the people that don't like break into the warehouse uh, that he's keeping the, the, uh, and fuck the, the car Travolta up. lookalike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome and they go off on that car yeah. and everything. Yeah. They like shit on the hood and everything. And <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but. <laughs> oh, man, they did it. And it was just one last thing to piss them off. So it, this was just like the. Uh, the script too, and uh, I love that moment. It's one of the best uh, musical cues by Carpenter. He's got several of them, and I could oh, na- what I was could the name song them. That he played? Well, no, it's just a score. Uh, I thought but, when he turned the radio on, a song. Came yeah, out. that was like in the fifties. That was that fifties music and everything that they kind of worked into. I'm talking about like just kind of moments oh, where yeah, he yeah. brings when his score in, and that was when Arnie st- was standing in front of it, and uh, it's all fucked up. 
And he, yeah. he says, let's go or something like that. Let's start. I can't remember the line where he wants the car to rebuild itself. Yeah. And the music just goes bang and it uh, comes in really, really strong. Yeah. And you get to see it literally in front say, of you just come back to life. Itself out. It was, yeah. It's got to be reverse. It had to have been reverse uh, Still, filming where it, where it was like. Uh, how did they do but it? How did they get all the yeah, dents into it? How did they get it? the dents into it? That's, yeah. that's the question. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, how did they get them sucked out in reverse? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I, I it, it looked really good. Yeah. Absolutely. And when he went out, because it would gradually, uh, it was going out and killing people. That's what I was one by one, it was taking. Yeah. And, well, and, it was doing his revenge. Yeah. He wasn't even in the car. No. That, that's I, what you realized after a while. Sometimes he while, was, though. They, after a while, they were the same. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the car. At, or he was the, the car, end. and the car was him. Like, yeah. It was kind they, of like they established at one point during the, the whole. During one night's events, remember he took out the gas station and everything, and the lights are like black, black. Mm-hmm. Remember he tra- he traps that that uh, big fat kid who is the one of the big bullies down that small uh, alleyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, the car couldn't even fit down the alleyway, but it squeezed down yeah. the alleyway <laughs> yeah. just to kill him. Yeah, and then it was perfect the day afterwards. Yep. But at some point they established uh, there was no one in the car. So at the end, it was the the question is, is Arnie in the car or is Arnie not in the car? And it turns right. out he was in the car. Oh, really? Because remember, it ejects him at some point and he falls out of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and everything. And he has one of those last jump scenes and everything. But he had like huh. some of the uh, windshield was through his chest. Got to have that shatterproof glass, man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Damn 1950s cars. It's not yeah. very authentic. <laughs> wasn't quite death proof. Yeah. <laughs> so it was great. I, I love the scene where it was him and Don, uh, John uh, Stockwell driving at night. Do you remember the scene where they lit it really well? It was really yeah, red. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you could tell that Arnie's just completely gone. Hmm. He's he's not even him anymore. And John Stockwell's just scared to even sit in the uh, uh, seat next to him. He's good at doing that, too. It's kind of like the lost character. I mean, he even does it in, in Back to School when yeah. he starts drinking and he's wearing the sunglasses. It's true. And he kind of hits that dark that patch. D- like, that, that dick. He's, he's a good transformer of that yeah, like, yeah. I, I never really thought about that before but he does should have gave well. him those positive words a long time ago we might have seen much more of him. Well, well, he's yeah. directed he's still doing oh, tons right. of stuff directed. man I'm See, pretty, yeah I, you know what when i hear an actor you ain't knocking now, keith gordon on this pod when i hear, <laughs> when I hear that a, an actor transitions to directing i always feel good for them oh, oh yeah, yeah absolutely i'm always like god thank god they don't have to be an actor anymore yeah. <laughs> no it's i would think that's a natural progression for a lot of people that yeah. are interested in that so yeah, that's Christine, man. It was a fabulous one. Nice. All right, so this next one, man, and this was the one that uh, that finally got John Carpenter some uh, some uh, Hollywood cred, as it were, and it got an Oscar nomination for uh, Jeff Bridges. I did hear that, and that's 1984's Starman. Man, and I loved Starman. I mean, it was. Have you seen it in a while? We used to watch it back in the eighties. Used to watch it a lot, but it, but then it kind of went off the air. Like yeah, you never heard anyone playing Starman. Yeah. You, you, a lot of pe- new uh, moviegoers probably don't know what the hell it is. It hasn't been remade. It's one of those ones that kind of fell within the cracks, and it's a really fantastic movie. I and think there's a lot of scenes probably from because it. he's. I mean, the movie was him. Yeah. And the way he moved, he became a non-human. Yeah, no. to play this oh, role. Jeff Bridges just the way really he did look. No, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised he got an Oscar. Oscar yeah, yeah, and and like you said, it's been like probably since the '80s since I've seen this. We owned it on VHS though, so it was one of those that I yeah. watched a lot. I don't remember that he had a lot of dialogue in the movie. He did, but it was did kind he? of sporadic. Let me tell you, the uh, there's two scenes that are really, really w- stick with people, and I know one of them is your favorites along with mine. So I'll let you tell that one. I'll but let me let me, let me uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, one of the uh, I'll tell you the kind of 
the opening scene to me was one of my favorites and it was a really genius idea so it's kind of based on nasa had sent out this kind of package in the space uh to like uh, almost a communication to other alien. Uh, they really did that. No, yeah. yeah, I was gonna yeah. say they put um, it on like a gold Steven, disc. Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. What's yeah. his name? Uh, yeah, the Jobs. No, no, no the uh, Elon Musk. No, no, no. Who was somebody else? It, it was. It was. It was. He was a famous astronomer. He died recently. Oh, I don't know. Then yeah, Hawking's. No. He didn't die that recent. <laughs> <laughs> He's famous. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, so, I know what you're talking about. I've read about it. It's a yeah. disc, and it has like you know numbers yeah. and like basically hieroglyphics yeah. and everything. Yeah. And like you must have seen Drunk History because I still remember that from Drunk History. That's they talked about. I love that. They show. talked about <laughs> the, I'd say him getting it done. Well, anyways, at this time in this script, they uh, probably before they actually had done that, they put this thing out into space, and it had like communication to all uh, uh, alien. Uh, people and come visit us and this and that and on it they included like 600 words from like every language mm-hmm. uh, right. that was around the world so that way if anyone had found it they and they came to earth uh it was a, just a real clever way of how uh jeff bridges was able to kind of communicate with karen allen right <laughs> that's yeah, basically what it is yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh how he became to go into carrie uh allen's dead husband's body was just phenomenal and, and so what happened is karen allen who you may know from Ray's Lost Ark. She played Marion. She was really fabulous in Starman. And her husband had died uh, previously, uh, probably six, I think six months before the movie started. And uh, uh, the problem with uh, that is she's like up late at night and she's looking through like all his memories and she's watching them like on television and everything. And, stuff like and photo that. albums and stuff. And so this kind of alien comes in almost like a beam of light and like as in like an orb. Yeah. And comes in and it it sees that she's uh it sees she's passed out like drunk uh on the <laughs> bedroom floor or on her uh, on her bed. And this uh, alien goes through like the photo album and literally goes into a locks of his hair. And oh, so gets his DNA. really gets his DNA. Wow, and yeah. you literally see him, the the special effects were certainly cheesy. And I mean, this was, well, uh, was 1984. Yeah, so I was, was going to say. Uh, so he literally be- almost formed out of that. And uh, she got up. She heard something happening. And she witnesses his, uh, he's, his birth he's right. like a, he's like almost a kind of infant on the ground and we see him grow through his adolescent ages until it uh turns into uh jeff bridges right and he stands up he's like completely naked and he faces her and obviously she's freaked the fuck out and uh it's running away and everything and then they she actually calms down at some point she passes out thinks it's a dream wakes up he's still there right <laughs> uh, and he's saying words to her and she can't how do you look like him why do you look like my ex-husband or why do you look like my dead husband and he's they realize uh he's looking for a place to meet uh he's got to get to i think it's new mexico or arizona something like that and all during this thing and this is the scene growing up i kind of got this confused with uh uh what was it? Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Had very similar scenes. To I it. liked it. Uh, oh yeah, it was way better than. To be but the Charles Martin Smith stuff, where he was uh, Charles Martin Smith, who we all know is the accountant from uh, Untouchables, mm-hmm. was the he was the voice uh, of reason, wasn't he? In well, he was this the, movie. He, he was, wanted to meet him. He was with the government, but and he, he wanted to. Yeah, he wanted to meet him, him and he wanted to. Like, to 
Blow the mask. <clears throat> yeah. Like true American. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he was traveling all over the country to find him, and it became kind of this road movie yeah. where Karen Allen and Jeff Bridges were traveling all over the place and everything. Do you, uh, is there any specific scenes you remember from uh, from this? Why don't you start that scene uh, you were talking about? And, I mean, I just remember, did they, they hit a deer, right? No, they go to a diner. Okay. Uh, yes, you should tell the story. So what happens is they go to a diner, and... Uh, they see a dead deer on top of somebody's that's truck. That's right. Yeah. And I did some research. The guy, the hunter that's right there, uh-huh. he's the guy who plays Jason in like Friday the 13th Part 4. Really? I was like, oh, man, really? that's great. Huh. Get to see his face. And uh, Hold on. Before we go, did this movie, I, I don't I might be mistaken it for another Carpenter movie, but this came out like two weeks uh, before E.T. or no, this was 84. E.T. was 82. It was one of Carpenter's movies. The th- maybe it was The Thing. Uh, the Thing. Yeah, The Thing. It came out like the same week as E.T. came oh, out. Oh, yeah. That must didn't make as much money at the box yeah, office. Yeah, well, you wonder why. Yeah. Well, know. they both had aliens in it, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was back then when uh, you didn't realize how bankable uh, Spielberg was, too, oh, in 82. Yeah. So. But uh, anyway, so <clears throat> he's just trying to figure out human life and everything. And he gets out of the car and he sees a dead deer on top on the front of it. It's like a baby deer, too. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like a deer you wouldn't even have killed. Yeah. And uh, this guy, the hunters, goes over there and sees Jeff Bridges looking at him. He says, "What's your problem, man?" And then they oh, they kind of they direct him back off and everything. And uh, Karen uh, Allen's like, "Don't worry about it. Let's go inside the uh, the restaurant." And at some point in the restaurant, she goes in the bathroom. She's gonna ditch Jeff Bridges at this point. Uh, she's scared. Of him? She's kind of scared. She doesn't yeah. know what the hell. She doesn't want to be involved with it. So she leaves like a uh, a note with the uh, the head waitress and says, "Can you give this to the guy and everything?" And he's like, "Oh, that guy's out in the parking lot." And she goes out in the parking lot, and you could see him from behind. He's standing in front of the deer at the uh, on the truck. Such a great scene. Uh, certainly the most memorable scene of Starman. You ask anyone Starman, usually their first thought is the deer. Well, that's, uh, you said it was yep. going to be on the list. I was like, oh, that's So yeah. Je- Jeff Bridges literally uh, touches this deer, but he's... Uh, throughout the whole movie, he's carrying these like little silver little balls, balls yeah. with him that he makes him levitate. And you realize that he's got like four or five of them, and he can use the, every one of them to do something... Uh, different uh and to like bring life to things uh, so he basically brings the deer back to life right and they must have had this deer like like light, lightly or drugged yeah. or something or maybe they just were able to keep him calm until he yelled action right and then they Stunt because deer, man. you get to yeah, see they, the deer they have them all the time <laughs> you get to see the deer literally come back to life yeah. and, and get off the thing and just run off yeah and uh then the, the hunter's pissed off obviously and everything but she sees him do this and she realizes how amazing this guy really is and she has to help him so she's yeah. in it to the end with him and they talk about there's a great scene where she talks about uh, how she wasn't able to have children and she really wanted to have children with Jeff Bridges and they get up one morning. They, they end up having sex mm-hmm. at some point. And uh, a couple days later, before, uh, while they're driving, it's almost nonchalantly, he's like, uh, I, I gave you that baby. Uh, uh, I don't want a alien baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she's thrilled uh, because it's his DNA and everything. Right, yeah. And, she, and he even tells her it's not going to be like me. It's going to be him yeah. and everything. And so she says, well, that's not possible. And she's, he's like, no, I fixed you and it is possible and you're going to have a baby. I wish it would have been a perfect like, uh, sequel uh, to this movie if they ever made one. Star baby. Star, Star baby. baby. <laughs> they did make solar babies. Remember solar babies? <laughs> yeah. was a I you remember that crazy movie Alien Mine? Enemy Lou, Mind. Enemy Mind, when Lou Gossett Jr. had Alien yeah, Mind's the I unmade sequel, too, man. I yeah. love Enemy Mind. Or uh, Night of the Comet. Oh, Night of the Comet was good. I always get uh, Alien Mind confused with uh, Enemy last, Mind. 
Yes, yes. Oh, damn it. I already um, made it. Sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> With uh, leopard zombie pirates. <laughs> leopard under, zombie pirates. On, on a submarine. On a submarine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get it confused with what? Uh, I forget, forget now. Uh, Last Starfighter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last that Starfighter when he played game. the video game really oh, well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then the guy came and who was the guy that picked him up? He was famous. Yeah, but he was like a famous 70s like yeah. cop. Uh, sitcom type guy. Okay. Yeah, he the was, alien like the, the kind of the makeup on it. Really yeah. good. Oh yeah, man. the guy kept his eyes in a box. He didn't have his eyes, but there was a lot of great stuff with that movie. Yeah. Or the fake Alex that they left back on the planet. Yeah, yeah, man. We'll talk about some more <laughs> last uh, Friday sometime. They actually someone just bought the rights. The guy who owned the rights to it has been holding on the rights for like thirty years and says he will never release them. And I guess money got tight because yeah. he just released them like. Four months ago. Hey, that's so, where the me. money got right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, that is uh, uh, as much as I loved it in the 80s, uh, it don't hold up. Uh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, anything they make is going to be so they they could really better. Take it's not it going to gonna be level. as nostalgic, is it? No, nostalgic, no, but better, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, 1984 is Starman, and uh, like we said, it get got uh, Jeff Bridges the Oscar for it. And this was before, uh, I mean, what was Jeff Bridges' big ones? After this? or after this, uh, wasn't he in like the the Big Easy or something like that? I was Dennis Quaid. Oh, sorry. Uh, he was Lebowski. Jeff Bridges was in uh, was, the Last Picture Show. He was Lebowski. Yeah, he'll always be Lebowski. Last Picture Show was kind of a really big one and everything. Uh, but then he he went on to have a huge huge career where now he's just doing it's he's he's kind of aged that way where he can play that different type of character now like he did in True Grit and then went on to Hell in High Waters you know that old gruff yeah. kind of uh, he did, uh, character blown away blown away but that was still in the nineties he was yeah. still somewhat yeah. young at that point and Fisher King man love Fisher King man Fisher haven't King. seen that in forever all right <laughs> find the thy the Jack of Daniels yeah so thou shalt get shit faced thou shalt get shit that was great. <laughs> uh, so, number eight in this, we've been waiting for this. One. I know everyone's been I, waiting. I bet for I this can one. guess what it is. <laughs> is this your number one favorite movie? This is of all my time? favorite movie of all time. Anybody? Ever made? Ever made? Ever made? I watch it every birthday. I watch it every day. <laughs> I actually, wa- I haven't. I, I watch it every single birthday. But this last week, I did watch it. But you know what? I watched the isolated music score, which is nice. awesome, where you can turn the dialogue Cause, off because he knows the dialogue. I did. Oh my god! <laughs> you wouldn't. You would not. Paul know. was talking in a whole. Out- he did. He did a one-sad-act play in his house by himself. <laughs> <laughs> if only that was not true, that, that would be even uh, funnier. But the uh, my girl was right there next to me, and I literally went back and forth. Did she played, help out with some I, of the characters? No, no, I played Jack. <laughs> throw so, some crazy so lines. About, so we're talking about Big Trouble Little China, <laughs> I, which hadn't been mentioned. It's my greatest movie of all time. I love it. Uh, but I sat there, and I did both characters back oh, and I forth. Oh, I believe you did. Uh, <laughs> And I and nailed awesome. it. It was great. That's great. Uh, because dude. as long as I can watch them and the music's playing, it's really fabulous. So Big Trouble China is clearly my favorite film. Let's talk for a second what it meant to you guys. So, I mean, I just always, to me, it was always a great comedy. You know, I like, you know, kung fu movies, martial arts movies, stuff like that. I loved when, and I don't know what they were classified at, but the three guys with the hats. Storms. The storms. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. The guy with Thunder, the lightning. lightning and rain. Yeah. Oh, my was it gosh. The, it's the, the Wang Chis and the... Wing Kongs. Wing Kongs. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they were the two rival gangs, but between those gangs, you, you actually had the Storms who worked with Lopan. Lopan is like the Trinity, almost. Uh-huh. He's uh, Well, not really, I guess. Uh, he's more... 
uh, you see the David Lopan that's flesh is no more. He's, right. he's basically trying to be flesh. Oh, did some research. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got so much. <laughs> Big trouble knowledge. It's sad. I bought a like this great book came out like early in the year. It was like a companion book. Awesome, awesome. All pictures and behind the scenes stories and everything. It was really uh, fun. I bought it. Was it a coloring uh, book too? No. <laughs> I, I would buy. I got that a Jack Burton on yeah. my fridge. What are you talking about? <laughs> I change it every week. Right. <laughs> Never color that blue lines. black. I just made like five thousand copies of the same picture so you could color it different every time. I painted Jack blue because frankly I've never seen a blue Jack and I wanted to see a blue Jack. <laughs> I see a blue Jack. <laughs> you know that Can, reference I'm talking. Congratulations, about? Paul. You've passed the third grade. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad Paul someone passed the third grade. I'm, so, I'm glad somebody got my uh, Billy Madison fusion <laughs> reference there. <clears throat> but. Uh, so yeah, you've got a world in this like supernatural Chinatown, San Francisco Chinatown is like riddled with supernatural, like ancient Chinese. And they jump right in and you accept it for as big truth, like right from the beginning. Oh yeah. How everyone, everyone in the movie has has known about this for fucking years, except for, uh, Kurt Russell's character of Jack Burton. And he's always in the dark or he's always two steps behind. Yeah. He's, he's the, the bumbling He's the hero, hero that yeah. you, you wish could be even better than it is, but that heart is just two times too big for his chest, more uh, bigger than his brain. So he just goes in there with heart and tries to do his best and it doesn't always work. Yeah. But it always but, does. But it does because he's in got, he's got yeah. well, that's because he, he uh, took the six demon bag, man. It's six got, demon bag. Fire and thunder, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wings of liberty, but may they never lose a feather. <laughs> uh, we used to, what year was this? 87? 86. 86. Same year as Aliens and this is uh, like, The Fly. And this is... Um, a lot of great movies by Fox. Six. Those are all Fox movies. This is like the year we started the Christian school. Or maybe the was year... It? Yeah. Eight, 85 is, or so is when we started the Christian school. Yeah. And I remember... Meeting Steve Dunlop uh-huh. or Childers, I think they changed his name a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that was one of their f- favorite movies. Oh, yeah. And me and Eric, me and Eric love this movie. And we used to like, we used to see each other in the hallway, and we do that. Yeah, that stupid <laughs> yeah. one finger up salute that the, yeah. that the, the good guys did. And it's like that was great. And I think I mentioned before I, that uh, the. The marketing was so piss poor by Fox on this that no one knew it was even coming out until it was out. And then no one had heard about it. So it didn't do great at the box office. Once it hit VHS and when it hit HBO, my Mm -hmm. God, people were like, oh my God, this movie is amazing. And now it's got a huge cult following that uh, no one wants it remade. I I am a strong uh, belief that if it's going to be remade, it needs... It shouldn't be remade. It should be made into a sequel, and Kurt Russell should be Jack Burton still driving the fucking truck. Yeah, I think it'd be uh, awesome. Now, the Pope did, Shop Express. I would man. be completely yeah. fine with that. They let uh, John come in. They write it. He does the score for it. I actually would be all right with somebody else writing it, to be honest with you. Uh, I well, think someone else could do a fantastic and, job. And if The Rock wanted to be in it, he could be the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Still, I th- as far as I know, The Rock still owns the rights to it. Right. So. Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah. He bought, oh, he bought him a while ago because yeah. he That's wanted to. I know Carpenter's he wants to be Jack Burton, he's, doesn't he? Oh, I hope it. I, and I like the combo, but could you imagine them trying to do this movie with like Kevin Hart and The Rock? No. Oh. If it was done correctly with The Rock, you know, it wouldn't be half Jackie bad. Jackie Chan and The Rock? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it should be. It should be. I don't think they no should one. make it. I, yeah. I would rather. If they made it, Kurt Russell should be. Yeah. Jack Burton. He's yep. still alive. That's kind of a yeah, slap in the yeah, face because he could do an yeah. old, and he could have a sidekick with him. 
<laughs> it's it's very un. People like the idea of a u- universe within the universe, you know, yeah. and uh, that kind of thing might be good for The Rock. But if they're going to do it, I would love to see it either as a prequel or like like Egg Chen, you know, and oh, you just cool. do Egg Chen when he was battling Lopan when they yeah. were younger oh, and doing all the black magic type you stuff they were doing. write that. Because they mentioned that. They talked, you never could beat me, Egg Chen, uh, when they were uh, battling each That's other. That's right, and yeah. He knew exactly. Like Harry Potter but, uh, style. They both went to school for it. One's yeah. a bad force. Right. One's a good we're in the force. tunnels under the ground. Everything Egg Black Chen talks about. It. Black blood of the earth, man. Yeah. Everything Egg Chen talks no. about <laughs> could be focused in the, in how famous kind of like Solo is now where they're going back to that folklore and everything. Yeah. So it, uh, I think it would be fabulous. That's the route I would take it, so... I won't go too far in the <coughs> the logistics. My favorite line of China. the movie. How'd you get up there? <laughs> Wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think my favorite scene is when the guy, like, after they see he kills Lopan, right? Oh, and the, the guy, like, get, blows himself oh, yeah, yeah. up and literally blows himself up, you know? Oh, like, yeah. when they show him all puffed up, like, oh, it's The so steam's funny. coming out of his yeah. nose. <laughs> like, it looks like an old... Like, like a cabbage or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you gotta look like a cabbage. It yeah. had some really weird, quirky. Oh, yeah. Like man. that creature that dragged Gracie away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That thing was came awesome. Up, that the, was the awesome. beast creature. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see the sequel because I wanted to see what was going to happen. It crawled oh, right, on the back of his truck, truck at the very end of the movie. They, right. they have a comic book that's out now that John Carpenter is connected with, which eh, it's not that best of a comic book. But Jack Burton, he's like a friend of Jack Burton. He's like his sidekick, that creature. Nice. And he really? Like, he like wears like trucker hats and hangs out with them and stuff. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, hmm, so I, I, I hope they don't make that way. I think Paul's making that up. No, man, I have, I have the first five issues. It's, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, my, my, there's so many favorite scenes with me. I love the scene where he's got to rescue all the uh, the kidnapped girls, and he's got to. They all jump into the uh, the water. Yeah. And they got to go through the tunnels and escape the bullets, and then he's they, got the knife in his teeth. He's got yeah. the knife in his teeth, man. And it's I love uh, the scene where it's just Wang Chi, Eddie, and Jack, and they're all standing around, and they all switch weapons. Yeah, but not uh, not because they uh, no. not Eddie gets kind of gets he left gets with the with, with the handgun and yeah. everything, and then the ruse to get in there where Wang Chi's holding the gun to Eddie's uh, head saying, I'm going to blow him up. Mm. Should you come out here? I'll blow it all to pieces. It's, it's amazing, man. Such a great movie. <laughs> or when Jack Burton gets knocked out during the fight. You know, oh, and such a great man. One of the best angles where you just see from his feet down, you know, yeah. or like it's kind of the, uh, from the ground level of yeah, his yeah. feet and everything. Or even when he wakes up and he, he is able ah! to... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he goes. Shit. Oh, that part. That's when he yeah. loses his. Uh, that's when he loses his uh, knife. Yeah, and then he yeah, goes yeah, back yeah. to find it, and he comes back <laughs> yeah. at the end when he uh, when that really heavy guard falls on him. Yeah, and he's basically got him on top of him while all the other fighting is going on. He just oh, rolls yeah, him yeah, off. Yeah. It's just so <laughs> inept, but so funny. Man, I should do it like uh, because I watched it every birthday. We should do like a comment, special commentary episode. Of Big oh, that'd China be awesome, dude! While the movie's going on, yeah, we're absolutely. watching it on my birthday. It'd be cool. Hell I was yeah. thinking of doing that with Jaws for Fourth of July. If uh-huh. We want to do a uh, like we could sit on the couch with mics, no yeah. mic stands. We'll yeah. just sit on my couch with the mics and talk the movie I'm all about uh, through that. and anecdotes fun. and stuff like that. Hell yeah, it'd be cool. So I have to work on that into those two films but or any of you guys favorite movies we can do that with a uh, on your birthday we'll do like a last, last dragon, dragon one man fuck yeah dude <laughs> that, that might be a good birthday Ooh. transition what would your birthday my, my movies are gonna be really long and boring <laughs> to talk about <laughs> well, then, pick a shorter one yeah. doing, we're doing Zodiac yeah, that's, no. two, that's three hours long I'm gonna be sitting there going dude I'm sad <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you have time. You have time to think about it. All right, this next movie. This is one of my favorite, man. And this is one of my. He ones, says that every movie. Well, it's John Carpenter, so you know it, it, it's a certain element of that in all of them. But this is one in particular that a lot of people haven't seen, man. And uh, it's a shame because this was a really, really great. Uh, John Carpenter considers it his. Uh, he's got something he calls his apocalyptic trilogy. Mm. And, it, and it's in, included in his apocalyptic trilogy is The Thing, uh, They Live, which we'll talk about in a minute here, and this movie in 1987's Prince of Darkness. It amazes me how many people have not seen Prince yeah, of Darkness. Yeah, I... I uh, the, the soundtrack is eerie. I mean, I, I would play it the whole month of like October. If it was up. my wife would allow it, I would play it and like pipe it through the house because it just gives me the creeps and it screams Halloween to me. Uh-huh. Uh, and I... You both seen it. You've seen it at I one point, but you don't. It. it didn't I, stick with you. Maybe it did or? not stick with me. I mean, yeah. Me did. and Eric are huge, huge. My cousin Eric are huge fans of Prince of Darkness. We watched it a lot growing up. I How really want to see it. Oh, I, yeah. I've only seen that. Wait until I get that Blu-ray. Me. I'm gonna get, order this great Blu-ray it, of it. I have it honest, on digitally, but yeah. To be honest, it looks pretty fucked up. Oh, it's amazing, man. This is a perfect Halloween movie. It's uh, a pretty simple story. Uh, it brings in a lot of. Uh, of, it's almost like a hodgepodge of John Carpenter's Regulars. actors huh. that he's used. Who's the guy with the movies. mustache? He's in a lot of them. Uh, guy with the mustache? No, he's not in a other Carpenter movies. Oh, he's but not. he's uh, was he in Dead Zone? No, he no. wasn't in Dead Zone. I want to say he was one of the uh, was he one of the Simon and Simon guys or oh, maybe. Uh, he was in like a, one of the seventies uh, yeah, type yeah. things. He wasn't one of the John Carpenter regulars. I'm talking about like James Hong was in this, who played Egg Chen in Big Trouble yep. China. Mm-hmm. You have Dennis Dunn who played Wang Chi, <laughs> Peter Jason who has been in like a shitload of him. He's that Chuck Fleming yep. uh, action news guy. He was in this. Uh, who else was in this? Uh, Alice Cooper was in yeah. this, <laughs> and Donald Pleasance, probably the most notable of uh, the actors in this, because he was the uh, obviously Doctor Loomis in Halloween. He played the priest in this. So what's happening in this movie is uh, in the basement of this church that's run by like the diocese uh, and uh, directly by Donald Pleasance. They have this concentrated green evil liquid that's Hmm. in this like cylinder that's like constantly moving around and like these uh it's constantly moving and rotating and everything and it actually has like they've got computers hooked up to it and everything and they can tell that it's got like its energy is like getting vast and huge and everything and so donald pleasance basically goes to the university and gets uh james hong who uh is a uh Scientist, uh, I'm not sure what his uh, uh, molecular biology. There you go. Wow. Uh, <laughs> take it to the bank. Completely untrue. So James Hong gets his. Uh, um, I say James Hong. James Hong is Lopan. I meant Victor Wong. Uh, yeah, Victor Wong is uh, the guy, and uh, he gets his students, and they're all like, uh, uh, I guess. Very close to their dissertations and their graduation. They're all graduate students and everything. And they're all like all basically scientists uh, doing different uh, research. And they all get brought together and they all have a specific thing. One of them's uh, uh, the biology girl. One of them's uh, this guy. So they bring in these great uh, scientists to spend the weekend in the church with the concentrated evil green liquid. (laughs) And they will study it and they'll do different tests on it. And in the... 
in the days leading up to this, it keeps getting stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, the homeless population around the church is doubling. Like, they're just randomly walking around. And there also seems to be like there's a, a bug activity. Like, bugs are crawling to the surface of the earth at really? this point, And they're all... Uh, kind of gathering together so you have these large clumps of beetles uh, everywhere. There's a, a major bug wrangler on this movie, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they Creepy got the, music and scurrying bugs. Oh, man. Oh, it man. is very Especially dark, with too. That little... <laughs> and the music, that it's probably the darkest music of any of his uh, scores, too. So uh, from the get-go, it's like, uh, and it's beautifully filmed, uh, widescreen, the anamorphic widescreen in this uh it just looks beautiful, and so bad things just start happening. Man, one of the uh, one of the scientists goes down and is like staring at the liquid, and the liquid is coming out of the cylinder. She doesn't realize it's like attached to the ceiling, and so she looks up and uh, it comes down and goes into her eye at one point, oh and uh, that's how it starts, man. And then it goes in, and they transport it through each other by spitting uh, on each other. In their oh, that's right. Shit. Yeah, I saw that. I and, saw that uh, scene. Yeah. You could tell when it's not like the thing where they're infected and you don't realize they're infected. You can realize they're infected, but their infection looks weird, man. It's like they're they're possessed in a way, but they're in like a stasis almost with they're ready to scream and yell at any point. So they're kind of zombie like when they're walking around. But do they look like regular? Like there's no, no they look, symptoms on their face or not, anything? On, like, one of them. Yeah, <laughs> one of them has say, major symptoms. Yeah, that one the other sure. ones are just kind of like they look like they've been up for 30 hours type of look. Uh-huh. Like the black guy who uh, goes into uh, him at some point and uh, he's like profusely sweating and he's laughing like uncontrollably. Uh-huh. And this uh, it goes into this one hispanic girl who's like typing on a computer i live i live over over again so you realize this evil element is encapsulating all these people and uh it goes into this one woman who it physically starts changing her you see like at the first shot of it is uh there's like an onk that uh, appears on her arm you know Mm -hmm. that symbol the onk symbol it's like a cane it looks like a cane oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh kind of it's an old i don't know if it's an egyptian symbol or something Mm -hmm. like that celtic symbol it ends up like appearing on her arm and then gradually her whole physical uh starts uh physical look starts changing where she can't even get off the bed at some point she's like laying on the bed Uh, she's got like red juicy scars and sores on her legs and her stomach starts growing and uh at this point uh uh, having a baby. At some point, <laughs> so she's like telekinetic too, right? Yeah, she's yeah. kind of uh, communicating with the other people that are infected, and it gets down to this point where several people are trapped in different rooms, and they won't go out of the rooms because they're scared shitless that they're going to get attacked by these people. And Dennis Dunn is actually trapped in a closet at this point, and uh, he can see into the next room where the one woman who's laying on the bed is being held, and you can see her stomach growing uh, with this baby inside of her or whatever, yeah. and he knows it's. Getting- or it's whatever. getting close, uh, and he at some point he freaks out so much that he starts ripping the wall out with his hands just to get the hell out of there. Oh my god! Uh, and there's a great moment at the end uh, when uh, they stand in front of this huge mirror, and the mirror almost like liquefies. And this uh, one woman who's been transforming is 
sticks her hand into the open liquid, which used to be a mirror, and you could tell that she's reaching for this, like, complete demon hand oh, that's shit. on the other side, yeah. presumably her father. So this woman in, who's transforming almost into the Antichrist just to open the portal to let her father come in and destroy kind of the world and everything. And it has this, comes down, won't uh, ruin the ending, but it comes down to this great ending where like, oh my God, I got, uh, I can't believe it ended that way. It was really fucked up. You got to just <laughs> tell me the ending. No, man, it's oh. really creepy, man. It's creepy. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to see it. And uh, I don't want to ruin it for anyone listening because it's one of, it is one of John Carpenter's random ones yeah, that a lot obscure, of people don't I, see. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, nineteen eighty-seven. And once you know, you can't unknow. Right. Yeah. Well, here's another movie that's uh, it's obscure to a certain amount of people, but to a lot of people, it's such a huge cult movie, and that's nineteen eighty-eight's They Live. I knew you were going to say that one. I love oh, They Live. I want to see that one so. Oh fr- man, oh, you bad. haven't seen this? I got no. it, man. Come Seems over and watch like it. Was it was made for you. That- <laughs> music done beautifully by uh, uh, by John Carpenter is one of his best scores, and. It could easily have been cast with Kurt Russell in the role, but he brilliantly decided to go with It was weird that he went where he went. Yeah. Who'd he go with? Roddy Roddy Piper, man. Roddy Roddy Piper, so man. Awesome. Straight out of the WWF. Top of his game, 1988. He was huge, man. Huge in wrestling. Did and, he wear uh, the kilt? No. <laughs> there was one I saw with him in it where he, he wore the kilt. I don't remember which one it was. Oh, the but. matches? He wore the kilt every time. No, no, no. In a movie. Oh, oh in a movie? movie? Yeah, I didn't yeah, see yeah. any of the movie. I don't know about yeah. that. That's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, it was amazing in this movie. It also had Peter Jason in it and had the great Keith David, who we mentioned earlier. What year was this movie? Thing. This was 1988, so the year after uh, When did Darkness. V come out, 85? Oh, V was early, man. V was, was probably 83 or 84. Super I always early. liked... And that had a certain element to it. I, I like. Well, I always like. It's like the invasion of the body snatchers. You don't know who's yep. underneath. And that's that's how they live. Was you know, it was a simple thing. You're following this one transit guy or transient guy who's just kind of moving from town to town. He's he's a laborer. He's trying to look for work and everything just to kind of make it. And he ends up staying in this like almost encampment where there's a bunch of homeless uh, people staying there, but they're all workers. And he just isn't the, the right person at the right time. And uh, he kind of stumbles upon this uh, revolution that's brewing with a group of people that realizes that there's something happening uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where Peter Jason comes in. He's kind of uh, the, one of the heads of this uh, kind of movement. Uh, so it, it kind of comes about with Roddy kind of just being inquisitive and busting into that church at one point. Remember, he, yep. he, he sees these guys coming in and out of these church with boxes. He sees them going in there for meetings. He doesn't exactly know what's going on. And us as the viewer, the same way, brilliantly written, that we're kind of in Roddy's shoes trying to figure out what's happening. Right. Uh, then he finds a box of something. What does he find? A box, box of sunglasses. Right? Box of sunglasses, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And he just doesn't think much of it. Just great. Puts him in Premise and walks into town, man. And this is totally the best kind of uh, group of uh, scenes in the movie is where he goes into town. And it's creepier than just possessed people because they were actually doing like subliminal messages. And it's in black and white. But what's creepy about it is the uh, almost more than clearly the aliens. And it's a distinct look that they have for the aliens. They have these big round They're almost eyes. like robots more than the aliens. They too. just have these crazy like <coughs> silver, silver uh, eyes. And they have like almost what would be red kind of blotches all over their face. But when the it's beautifully done that he sees them only in black and white. So it gives this cool, like, creepy element to it. Right. But I think even creepier than those aliens were the billboards 
because the billboards say things like yeah. obey right. or reproduce. One word, like uh, obey, reproduce, uh, spend. Uh, and it's all like these they great those subliminal already. messages. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so he, he's it's called advertising. Yeah. Well, what's great is he, he goes to like a newsstand mm-hmm. and he's flipping through magazines and instead of what, he takes the glasses off and he puts them back on. He does that constantly, which is right. what's great about it. So and at this point, he hasn't seen any of the people. He's just seeing the signs and he's mm-hmm. seeing weird stuff in the air. But he's looking through the magazine and what should be an ad for like Marlboro, it just says obey. And then there's one of the written articles and it says reproduce or something like that. So every page is like a single word. It's kind of like you could tell that these guys have been here for a while and they're uh, indoctrinating us into their like uh, stuff. Yeah, right. So while he's at that newsstand, that's where he first sees the guy for the first time. He turns his head and it's just some guy buying a newspaper, but he's got the alien face on. And the guy next to him, the black guy who owns the thing, is normal. He's completely normal. So that was a great element that you realize, all right, not everyone's aliens here, but some people are. And then he obviously does that sunglasses thing. He puts them off. He puts them on. And then uh, the great scene where he goes into the grocery store. But they they eventually... They eventually know that he's caught on. Yeah. Well, they realize it in the uh, in the grocery store. No, in the yeah, in the grocery store. Uh, he ha- he flips out in the grocery store, mm. and uh, he he kind of goes on this <laughs> awesome he goes awesome, awesome rant, and he was like. Uh, one of the aliens like bumps into it or everything and uh or he sees one of the alien women primping her hair and yeah. he's like that's like putting perfume on a pig and then, and then <laughs> the, the other guy's like hey don't talk to her about that and he's just like hey he says he says you see i put these sunglasses on uh i the sunglasses are off she looks normal i put them on she looks real fucking ugly and uh <laughs> he's got this uh great moments where uh he ends up falling backwards. Formaldehyde face. Yeah, formaldehyde <laughs> face is what he called her. But then she sees, uh, she st- talks into her watch yeah, and she yeah. says, "I can. I, we've got one here that can see. Yeah. And then he knows something's wrong, so he busts outside. And right when he busts outside, he comes, uh, two cops, like, uh, kind of uh, kick him into the... Uh, um, to the uh, alleyway yeah, and yeah. you could see he puts the, he's got the glasses on so we're seeing from his point of view and they're both alien cops uh, yeah. so you realize that they've really gotten deep into this thing yeah and he, this is a great scene because you got the first time see him do his like wwf wrestling shit he just took these guys out and then grabbed their rifles from their car and then immediately went into that bank and had yep. that famous scene man <laughs> that roddy like uh, ad-libbed himself where he's did he uh, yep he comes in and he says i've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and mm-hmm. i'm all out of bubblegum yeah <laughs> and he literally starts shooting people that look normal to people so people probably think he's lost his mind killing normal people but he knows he's killing aliens and then that's where he gets kind of uh, involved with the Meg Forster uh, uh, character that's got those crazy eyes the girl from Leviathan yeah yeah, Yeah, yeah. she's got crazy crazy eyes man when's he meet up with David Keith and David Keith he's been friends with the whole kind of somewhat friends they have a famous have a very famous famous fight famous fight which has been uh, made fun of by South Park and uh, a lot of different people. A lot of different people. Where it's probably one of the best fight scenes ever in well, movies. It's got to be one of the longer ones too. I imagine single fight scenes. Oh yeah, it was really crazy. And all he's trying to do is get just David stay down. or keep David <laughs> put the glasses on. All he wants, I keep David to do is put those glasses on. And when he gets him to do it, he's on board because he sees what he mm. sees. It has this great stuff where it goes all the way to the end and uh, really surprise endings in this one too. So I'll keep yep. that. 
hidden. I I liked the, love they. I like the ending though. I oh. like the way they ended. Oh, I love the way they ended it. And that it's was not make everybody happy, but it's no. It's one of those endings that kind of ends with. Uh, oh, I can I can tell you that ends with most of the main characters dying, but it was kind of that surprise ending where I expected sequels to this movie mm-hmm. as well. And this was one of the ones I would mention of the five that's uh, supposed to be being remade. It's a rock hmm. on this uh, one too. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a smart man. <laughs> I might not like everything he's in, but yeah, yeah. he's business. It would be fun to see him like inept and not. see. That's the problem. I don't think he can do it. He, he's he's, he's too big. Great, he's too to big. See not him rock bottom and alien. That would be the shit. <laughs> There's certain because I think he's great when he's really funny. I don't think he's great when he's not. You know, I'll tell you just because we're on that topic. One of my favorite things with him is in the rundown. The rundown was great. The very first scene where he's walking into the bar, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is walking yeah. out, yeah. and he says, "Have fun." And just that right there yeah. was just like this toss of the torch to him. <laughs> and I don't know, like ever since then, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely a fan of his." That, you know, him tripping balls at the fire. Uh, with uh, Sean William Scott, I remember, but I, I'm forgetting. Where Rosera Dawson gives them the like cactus juice and everything. That's right. He trips balls where you see his whole face morph. Yeah, and they have those little ears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 it's one of the funniest that. scenes oh, I've ever seen right. him do. But anyways, let's go. Yeah, sorry. I didn't... All right, number eleven, and this was another one that's man, it's hard to find this on DVD or anyone that's seen it. And I know all of us have seen it uh, at least back in the day. Is uh, 1992's Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Yeah. This is Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Uh, Chevy Chase. Chevy right? Chase and Sam Neill. Sam Neill's the guy that's uh, fighting or uh, uh, trying to find him. Yeah. Chevy that's Chase right. is the weirdest actor that he's I've ever seen associated with him. Yeah, with Carpenter? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the two of them would be able to do anything together. But No, it, in granted, my opinion, there's some really good stuff in this movie and there's some stuff that, uh, that could have been done better. I, I, I don't much care for the film noir type thing of Chevy Chafe narrating it and everything and it was kind of like a gumshoe type uh, play on uh, on the subject which I think it could have been better as just kind of a balls out thriller movie mm-hmm. and I, I think Chevy Chase probably would have been better or the role would have probably been better going to somebody else than Chevy Chase uh, what are your thoughts I I remember now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was the Invisible Man was was it one of the Hollywood monsters? Oh yeah, Universal yeah. Monsters. Yeah, monsters. Yeah, and I was always fascinated. Oh yeah, I love the Invisible the, Man the, and all that. I mean, he could be in anywhere. Yep. And all he has to do is like takes clothes off. Yep. And he's immediately invisible. And I, I used to have the Universal. Uh, no, I still have it. The uh, uh, this is one of the ones I have. I'm missing a couple of them. Uh, the Universal. Monster movies had a collections of DVDs, and the Invisible Man had like five different Invisible Man movies on it, and like the daughter of the Invisible Man was one of them, and it was awesome. It was one of the best Invisible Men movie I ever seen. <laughs> you know, uh, the guy that does the little statues of all the the old monsters. How do yeah. they do his statue? <laughs> it's just a blank stand. <laughs> I, I bought a blank stand. God damn it! I got fucked. That's totally something to do. That's like awesome. if I have those, they have those figures. Those you can, old. You can yeah. tell us you have it. Look at this yeah. statue of the Invisible yeah. Man. It's yeah, awesome. Get a little, uh, a little, uh, you a know, floating name tag. Yeah, a little plaque on there. I'll take you in the other room man. and show you Wonder Woman's invisible jet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep that in the garage. <laughs> oh, you can't see Smurfs? What? <laughs> 
So what was interesting about this movie is it was a it was a technological breakthrough for a lot of the effects in it. Do you remember the, a lot of the effects, like when he's chewing oh, the yeah. gum, and he, and or yeah. when he's drinking? You know, yeah, I forgot. I thought or he threw up. Remember? Yeah, yeah, because he he like watched himself eat, and he could see the food go down into oh, his that would stomach. Be gross. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, and that really you know. was one of the more interesting parts of this movie was. Uh, uh, they had his face floating in the air when yeah, he put makeup, he put makeup on, on Yeah, him at I some thought point. that was really that cool. Was when he was it was a little creepy. His yeah. makeup it was super on him. creepy. But, yeah. And it's weird thing is, is it talked. And, oh, yeah. And it had Chevy Chase's muscular movements as oh, yeah. normal. And yeah, they like, tried a lot of good stuff in this. And yeah, I, I, I like, loved uh, Sam Neill in it, too, because Sam Neill was just starting his uh, kind of career at this point. He had done, uh, he had done Dead Calm, obviously, already. And. Uh, uh, but not long before this, because this was 92. He hadn't done Jurassic Park yet, where he got really freaking huge, obviously. Event Horizon and all those movies. Uh, but him as that kind of, like, uh, no-nonsense, like, government agent that will stop at nothing to stop yeah. him was really good. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I always liked how it happened, you know? He was, like, he was like asleep at, in, like, the sauna of, yeah. of the big, huge building that right. was uh, being, like, it had, the experiments were being going yeah. on there, and they had, like, a breakdown, and something, uh, a reactor was about to blow, yeah, and so everybody was the only one that didn't get out, you right. know? And I thought that was amazing. Uh, personally, if I want to see I'd rob Chevy, so many banks if I was invisible. No, see, that's Or rob thing, passwords. Right, but see, that's the thing, because okay. I've always thought if I was invisible, okay, I'm going to rob a bank. So the thing is, <laughs> is unless you have, like, something... That is also invisible that you're wearing. The money would just be floating. No, well, and that's I like why the, you, that's why you do digital, man. You look at people's passwords. You're just ooh. looking over their shoulder. Type that letter. Or <laughs> I like the concept that uh, anything that the invisible person touches, touches will also invisible. become invisible. Didn't uh-huh. that? Isn't that what um, the not the Hobbit, uh, Lord of the Rings? Didn't he when he put the cloak on? When he, he uh, oh, he, you mean uh, the ring? Well, there was the cloak in but the, the ring. Sorry, the cloak was Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But the he ring, would go under. He they put would the go ring on, and he'd together. be invisible. But everything he held was invisible too, wasn't it? Maybe. I don't yeah, because I think they hid somehow. Well, they hid in the cloak for sure. At some point in the Lord of the Rings, they actually got a cloak. Also, I remember at the. They got all the. Because remember him and Samwise in the under the cloak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I don't yeah. know where that got out. <laughs> Memoirs so, of Invisible back Man. Back to Chevy Chase. Yeah. You didn't think we could connect <laughs> Memoirs of Invisible Man with Lord of the Rings and Return of the King, did you? Uh. Uh, but it had that great scene. All the way went down to the end, the uh, great scene on the high rise. Do you remember? the? Uh, it went all the way. Uh, they were like on like the 50 They were on the foot. beam. Yeah, because I yeah, can see like Sam Neill like like blowing in the wind. Yep. Yeah, on, yeah I, I can see that. But This was the only oh, yeah, one. Because he, he like drops the he drops something and is yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there were elements of comedy to it, but it wasn't overly a comedy. I, I wouldn't call he was, it. A, I wouldn't yeah. call it a comedy. He yeah. had a, he had a lot of comedic lines, but yeah. it was more yeah. like it was just well. And you know, with the narration, it was almost like memoirs of an invisible Fletch, just not quite as funny. It's true. Ordeal of the know? century. I think that's why he decided to do it because Chevy was good at doing those types of things, similar to like Harrison. I mean, Ford he did it do that type of, of them. He did do it in a lot yeah. of his movies. Yeah. Uh, so he, I guess, assumed it would work. But it is one of those movies. That that didn't feel like a John Carpenter movie. It was the first movie that didn't feel like I a John Carpenter. I had no Carpenter clue movie. until this moment, like, you yeah. know, when you showed me the list that it was yeah. even his. And it was good and it had a lot of great moments in it, but 
it was because the next two movies, these last two movies we do definitely have a John Carpenter feel to it. So it was like uh, of the 13 movies, memoirs did not have uh, much feel. Maybe he didn't have as much uh, uh, creative liberty too. I, I, I'm assuming this was a universal picture. If it yeah, I was going to say, of all the been, ones yeah. that we've talked about, to me, it doesn't that sound like, like his the, script. the most uh, mainstream. Yeah. And he didn't know. do the uh, didn't do the music, so it didn't have that feel. Like, right. like I said, to me, it really should have that feel to it. So let's go on to one that I know Dave has seen recently because me and Dave just watched this together on Wednesday. <laughs> is number twelve is the uh, In the Mouth of Madness, one of Eric, our cousin Eric's favorite horror movies. Shout out to Eric, this is a great one, uh, and he loves it, man. But he loves those strange freaking movies, man. And I remember watching this. We were uh, we were commenting on how very much like. Uh, the later Nightmare on Elm Streets this was, mm-hmm. or uh, or the even the Nightmare on Elm Street series had a lot of moments that were similar to In the Mouth of Madness. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about this? No, I've, I've, not, I've Man, never even movie. heard of it. About a dream inside of Tell us a little bit about it. So it's, uh, it Sam starts Neal. on, Sam Neill is a fraud investigator, and he's like the best. Mm-hmm. So he gets hired by Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston? Oh, Charlton wow. Heston's people. in this movie. It's huh. crazy. That's like John Carpenter's like, that's his crowning achievement for getting. Yeah, right. But like you had mentioned during the movie, Charlton has never left that room. Oh yeah, yeah they he, got they got like, it. I'll day. be in your movie for a day. I want this is much money I want. Don't faint. <laughs> and the alcohol in these bottles yeah. better be real. Yeah, one scene <laughs> in one room. Only. Oh wow, because he's like a publisher. Yeah, yeah. So they hire him. So they hire him because he's the best fraud investigator. Or no, the company representing them hires yeah, yeah. him. Yeah, the insurance because company. they think he they're doing some crazy shit. With because this famous they the Basically, publishing company represents King <laughs> yeah represents the Stephen King of this world Shutter yeah Shutter uh, Sutter, Sutter, Sutter Kane mm-hmm. and, uh, and he's, he's a horror super, writer horror writer super like, famous and Everyone they even reference like that he outsold yeah. Stephen King like, oh, by really? five times yeah they're like five times like, <laughs> they're like I want to I want to do it until Stephen King's crying himself <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome so they uh, Sutter Kane goes missing. Yeah, and so they, uh, and but they want to uh, kind of collect for the rights for the book and everything. Well, like the book, that. He, his latest one, they advertised, but it wasn't finished. It wasn't Remember? finished, and it was and about to come out. And starting to riot. And so it, Sam Neill comes in saying, "That sounds like a perfect publicity stunt." The the author for the movie that's about to be released that everyone's waiting for suddenly disappears. Right. Everyone suddenly gets interested, and then he appears at the last moment when the book's going to come out. So he's very skeptical coming into this whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But, but the. But books. they also, yeah, go into a little about how the there's like kind of some backstory about these books having an effect on yeah, the they, like they're pretty fanatical about the reading, and it seems like it's there's looting even, and and rioting in the streets right now because there's not enough uh, copies of his latest copies book. of his latest book mm. uh, <laughs> that that just got released. Huh. Uh, <laughs> but it, the books are ha- affect people weirdly mentally because then they show and physically because they yeah. show Sam Neill's like. Does she recommend he read them? I can't yeah. remember. They bring up because he's trying to find out where he is. So he's like, "Well, let me get a feel for him." Oh, before that, we uh, uh, we kind of jumped ahead off of his agent, Sutter Kane's agent, attacking him oh, at the restaurant. Right. So uh, Sam Neill's having lunch with Bernie Casey, who's the the black guy from uh, "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker," and mm. uh, he's like the us. one that's yeah. brokering the job to the because uh, they represent the publishing company. Yeah, and in the. In the during the scene, they're at a restaurant. And they're just eating. They're drinking coffee and they're talking about uh, business stuff. And in the background, mm. this guy in a trench coat slowly starts walking up man. to the window, uh-huh. really and slowly. Like really you see slow. him for like a minute and a half while and they're, they're still they're, having a conversation. Are, their bodies are turned, so it's it's believable that they couldn't see where him. And that guy <laughs> takes out. 
he looks disheveled, his eyes look crazy, and he takes this huge axe out. And he, he just takes the axe and he smashes the window. He jumps through the window and stands on the table, looks down at Sam Neill and says, do you read Sutter Kane? And Sam Neill looks at him and he's got like these double pupils in his head. And all of a sudden, two security guards blow this guy away. What? And he realizes at the, at the uh, Charlton Heston meeting that that was Sutter Kane's agent, who That's is one the of the three people who have read the new script. And he read the script and went crazy. Holy uh, shit. And so he reads some of his older well, stuff. We really should mention him before. It's a very complex movie. <laughs> but we should mention how the movie started. Go ahead. Uh, Sam Neill's in an insane asylum. Oh, yeah. And he's, oh, wow. he's got like a single black crayon. That the he biggest did. crayon ever. Because <laughs> he kept joking about Because this entire cell. <laughs> yeah. he, he like, well, one in his entire body, that. he has drawn crosses uh-huh. on his whole body, his eyelids. Someone his, had fun making head. that set. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but he... <laughs> And we kept, me and Dave kept getting distracted by it. We were like, wait, one crayon? (laughs) (laughs) That's like 10 crayons worth of work, man. (laughs) Not that these people are going crazy that he was able to accomplish this with one crayon. He's like, this is bullshit. I'm turning this movie off. (laughs) I got over it. I got over it. I accepted that universe. (laughs) Charles Heston hires him and... uh, uh, this woman, who's the uh, the woman who plays Jerry Dandridge's sister in Fright Night Two, the the head vampires oh, okay. in Fright Night Two, they hired them to go find Sutter Kane, and uh, Sam Neill finds out by cutting the co- the the covers of all Sutter Kane's books out. Mm-hmm. They they form a map, so he's able to put New the Hampshire. map together. Oh wow! It, it's a map of New Hampshire, but it has certain keys on it. Then when he does an overlay of the New Hampshire map, yeah. it indicates this fake town ta- or this town that. Sutter Kane had created. Oh, wow. And this is when the movie takes off, really. Because what happens is, and we compared it, and it's a very good comparison to Silent Hill. You know, in yeah. uh, Silent Hill, where they're driving, and at a certain point, they're in that parallel yeah. kind of universe. Right. Exactly what happens here. Sam Neill, they're driving. He doesn't even know it. He doesn't even know it. He's asleep. She's driving at night, and all of a sudden, she looks out the car, and they're like floating in the air. What? And then the, the tire, the tires end up hitting a bridge, and they go over a bridge. And this was made it even crazier than yeah. uh, Silent Hill. It's it's completely like midnight, and all of a sudden they get over the bridge, and it's completely daylight. It's like yeah, but Sam Neill is asleep, so he and wakes he up, and he's like, "Oh, you traveled all night. You're awesome." Oh wow. And she's like, <laughs> she she doesn't even know what to say. Yeah. Oh shit. So she then, then they all speak of, up soon enough. In my opinion, yeah, yeah. I'd she was have been like, some, wake up. No, she, but she's been seeing some yeah, crazy she's been seeing shit, shit for, at this point for already because you know she's read the books. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Uh, but what happens he is, wasn't telling so her. now they are in the new book. They're in the, they're in the fake bookies. Right? They're in the fake town, oh, shit. and and Sam Neill has read part of it and everything because, uh, or a part of this town. Oh, I want to see this. So he's like. She's like, we're in the book. Yeah. She's like, this is the that person that checked us in. That's so and so. And she's like, that's a. She supposedly killed her husband and chopped her into bits. And she's like, that old woman down there didn't kill anyone. And then the best part is he's in the. And this is where really he's it sells him. He's in the room and he was like, he's like right outside of that window. This supposed to be a huge church with iron rod stuff. And he opens the thing and, and there's nothing there. And she's like, no. She's like, uh, he, he's like, it was supposed to be facing west. And she's like, no, you got that wrong. It's supposed to be facing east. And she pulls the thing and there's the fucking church oh, with the it was a thing. crazy church in the middle of nowhere wherever this location was was it did we figure it was it yeah in, i don't know in, where it was no, it was canada oh yeah it was canada it was ontario it was yeah, ontario yeah, yeah. Oh, they okay. had some of the greatest locations this huh was but these great. characters in the book they're doing weird shit the paintings are doing weird stuff people don't look normal they, oh, they look like they monsters they pan down from the old lady and she has she has her husband, husband she has her naked, husband like naked chained, completely naked chained handcuffed her, to her ankle to her ankle what? uh but there's a great scene where this one guy is uh 
uh, that he's trying to warn him. He's like, you guys aren't supposed to be here. Oh, you should yeah, be out of yeah, here yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he uh, he puts the shotgun to his own head while he's talking to Sam Neill. And Sam Neill's like, don't. He's just like, I, I can't help it. He, this is how he wrote me. And then, boom, he blows his head oh, off. And you're like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on here? Jesus. And it, it has an incredible And you movie, haven't even man. mentioned the guy, the, ba- the bad guy, Sutter Kane. Sutter Kane played, he's brilliantly awesome. played by Jurgen Prock now, who's the guy from Das Boot. He's the real bad guy from uh, Judge Dredd. And he was in a Bond movie too, wasn't mm. he? Was he in a Bond movie? If he's not, he sure sh- should have been. A, I think he I don't has been. think he was though. I don't really? think Jorgen Prochnow was one of them. How could you not he always him plays in a great movie? villain, but yeah, he was the main bad guy in Judge Dredd. And he's Sutter Kane, so at some point you actually see him in there writing it everything. Oh wow. And he's like taking people's heads and forcing it down onto the manuscript, and you could see the flashes of them realizing what the hell's going on. Oh shit. And you realize and I start bleeding. And he That's like crazy. needs Sam Neill to bring the book outside of the town back to the real world to people uh-huh. but uh people uh he was like you can't get people uh you're not going to be able to take everyone over with this book and that uh, you realize there's a movie no, <laughs> and this, uh, well, he gets back and talks to charles Hesse. yeah he's like we can't let people read the book that's he's like stop out. the production stop the he's production like, he's like the book's been the out, book's for, been six out for six months oh, six weeks six shit. weeks and he's like holy shit how long have i been gone yeah. and he's like He's like, well, at least everyone will read it. And he, uh, or uh, I don't know how he actually says it, but uh, Charlton Heston reveals it. We got to stop it. people from reading the We got to stop people yeah. reading it. He's like, that. he says it'll be uh, horrible for the town. He's like, I hope so. The movie comes out in two months. Uh, oh, and it shit. ends literally with like, uh, with. Um, Sam Neill in the in the movie theater eating popcorn, watching the movie that we just saw. Oh, that's <laughs> it's nuts, so crazy! Dude, that's man. awesome. But it's really, really. He funny. wanted to stay. Like when yeah. you saw it at the beginning, when he was locked inside the the uh, the padded room, he wanted to stay in there because he knew it was going to happen once everybody read the book. Yeah. Fairly good, yeah. He, he was like, "It's okay for me in here and then out there because That's it's, fucking it's gonna nuts. and it's a very apocalyptic movie." And I would have loved to see more in this universe. It was really good. It was really like good. and you not seeing it. It's like a lot of people didn't see it. It's, yeah. it's one of those ones that just came out in the mid '90s that kind of went over people's heads and just What's went the out name there. Of it again? In the, the mouth, mouth of madness. madness. In the mouth of madness. Yeah, man. It was probably had a rotation. Come over on, and watch it, man. It's on my on iTunes. HBO when yeah. we were growing up because I'm. Or I, oh yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it a lot. I saw it in the theater. I know that because I this was the time where I was going to see every horror movie in the theater. And John Carpenter. What year was this again? Ninety four. The same year he made our last movie here, which was an, also an, an awesome movie that starred a random cast, man, or a cast you wouldn't expect him to put together. That's true but too. And this particular movie, it really worked. And this was Village of the Damned, which this, unlike a lot of his movies that have been remade, this is a remake. Uh, technically, the thing was a remake. It was uh, the thing from outer space was uh, the original. Huh. Uh, there was another one. That's a remake on there too I think. from ones he's done so. uh the thing christine starman big show nope nope that's nope. all i think yeah village of the dam was i think a movie in the 50s that he had watched when he was younger and it, basically a bunch of bunch of creepy really? kids i thought village of the damned was a uh, stephen king oh am i confusing no, 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 it no. again children, children of corn, corn. Uh, well, children no corn. no i'm thinking but that is similar i mean children tommy corn. knockers stephen king tommy knocker okay, stephen I, king. i'm confusing it again Sorry. which it doesn't really have i mean it has somewhat of a tommy knockers feel to it so <laughs> the mean stop confusing were they, it. <laughs> I know, right? were they were they released close to the same time maybe uh that's probably true that's probably yeah, what it yeah. Was, yeah uh so the premise of this movie was brilliant well let me give you some actors what actors you got uh we got Christopher Reeve, Christopher Reeve yeah. uh, Mark Reeve. Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, yep. Christy Alley. Yep. Uh, what's the chick from Crocodile Dundee? Uh, Linda. Linda. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Linda. It Linda, is Linda something. Linda. F- Not Farentino. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Linda. Linda. Shit, man. Linda. Yeah, it's Linda. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Christy Alley, uh, who else? Uh, Michael Palin from uh, the Philadelphia Experiment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, damn, I know there's another actor, a major actor I'm missing in this. The kids probably need like, a shout out, but I a lot of his uh, his old school guy like Buck Flowers was yeah, in this yeah. movie too. Uh, Linda, no, no Linda, don't have it yet. no Linda. <laughs> <laughs> you got him, you got him working around the clock. <laughs> Anyways, let me tell you the opening of this movie because yeah. for me, the the first quarter uh, or the even the first twenty minutes is like amazing. It's like some of the best yeah. stuff uh, I've seen. And <clears throat> normal town, <clears throat> very Stephen King-like town. Everyone knows each other. Uh, a lot of just normal, normal people. And there's sh- and this something that happens at like twelve oh one or twelve thirteen. I'm not it's sure like what this. Festi- it's like a yeah. They're, they're at, at festival, like a festival. Like a, well, like a fair. They show it all market. over town. So yeah, yeah. This is just one area that they're at one area of town. They're having like a parade, and the other area of town they're having like a barbecue uh, and everything, and they're having this big celebration. But people, they show people at their houses and everything uh, too. And at one point, at uh, a certain time period, like like I said, like twelve sixteen, everyone in town passes out. So crazy. And they they completely pass out where they where they are, including like on a grill. You know, like he passes out with his oh, head on the that's grill. Nuts, uh, dude. Yeah, th- it's not uh, it's not um, always some... convenient. Yeah. where they pass out. <laughs> well, think of how many cars on the road too, man. Uh, so and they stay passed out for a while. And so what's very interesting, and this is where the movie really got me, is you see people coming into town, right? And mm-hmm. then when they cross the town line. Boom! Pass oh, out of the middle no of the car. No kidding. The the military shows up, and the military uh, is parked right on the on the town line and everything. And they show them send a group of soldiers <laughs> out on foot, and they pass the town line, and all the soldiers just pass out oh, over the timeline. Anyone passing over that town line at that point in time, and it happens for like twenty or thirty minutes, and then all of a sudden everyone wakes up, and everything. Uh, yeah, it's a weird last name, Linda Kozlowski. Yeah, Kozlowski. Oh, took a minute, but that. I got there. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Tristan. It's right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> got to get that uh, producer credit. <laughs> so yeah, so everyone passes out for twenty minutes, and then for a while, people aren't mentioning what the hell's happened for a few days, and then everyone's realizing that all the women who are of childbearing age are pregnant. Oh wow! <laughs> and and pe- virgins, yeah. like people's daughters who are just Cos- seventeen the or eighteen. Cosby experiment. Yeah, oh, everyone that's oh, had yeah. basically yeah. Every, oh, that's hard. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's tasteless. Uh, that was cheap. Uh, that was lowbrow. Uh, true. But, I can see him putting, uh, pulling his head up at the bottom of the screen. Uh, Eat them jello puddings. Uh, but so yeah, so they all are anyone that any basically any woman who's uh, uh, of childbearing age is pregnant yeah. and it's uh no one knows why it's people that have uh it's husbands that are like we have not had sex for the last year there's no reason this should yeah. be happening so everyone knows it's weird and uh everyone has their babies for a very convenient excuse everyone <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well and, and to make it even more complicated they have their kids and uh where we kind of jump forward because they're all at the age when we're seeing them they're all at the age of maybe 11 or 12 uh, probably even younger than that, maybe like nine or ten. Kids a long time uh, I know, right? All the kids look the same. All the kids have white hair, yeah. and they have creepy stares, super crystal creepy. blue and eyes. What's, uh, yeah, and yeah. then at some point, 
uh, you realize that they are like the the Star Trek Borg, where they all share a like joint group consciousness, right. where they're all communicating with each other. And when they want to really fuck with somebody, their eyes literally glow the most crazy green, green. glowing, yeah, that's right. glowing eyes you've ever seen. And they will make people do stuff like turn the rifle around on yourself. Uh, that's right. There's a the great scene where Buck Flowers they get him to like. Uh, uh, is it the Buck Flowers scene? Somebody they get to... Uh, well, no, the Mark Hamill scene. He's Mark Hamill's turns, a priest. He's the one that turns a gun on him. Yeah, I think. Mark, Mark Hamill's a priest. Yeah. And he realizes these kids are fucked up. People start realizing soon uh, going on that these things are evil. Wrong, so Mark yeah. Hamill realizes they're evil. He goes to the Should've top of... hit him a little earlier than that. He goes <laughs> to the top of the hill, Mark Hamill, and he's got a sniper rifle. Mm. And he's getting ready to take one of the kids out in the... Uh, uh, on the ground mm. and he turns around and three of the kids are right there and oh. they make him turn the rifle on himself and blow his head off but they make Buck Flowers like jump off the top of the building while holding something in front of him and it just impales himself on it oh. it's just a whole lot of different anytime stuff. you can as a filmmaker make a movie where the audience is cheering for you to kill all those oh, but the, kids the yeah, problem know, right? <laughs> and the dilemma is like these are like Christ- one of the kids is Christopher Reeve's kid one of right. the kids is Christy Alley's kid you know yeah. so these are their children that they some what or most definitely love they raise these kids right that uh they get like you can't even be in the room with the kids at some point because you could really read your mind right and so you're you're doing like that ernie hudson thing from like <laughs> ghostbusters yeah. trying to <laughs> trying to clear your head so zool doesn't yeah. call, in, call in what scares you most <laughs> the decision has been made like, oh, i couldn't help i couldn't help yeah. oh because they like, popped in there it's so <laughs> what just popped in there and this was like uh it's a sad movie to watch too because you you there's a lot of scenes where you see chris Christopher Reeve like flat out running down uh-huh. across fields and everything, uh, and and he loses his legs probably like a couple watch, years I bet later. He can't watch that movie. Well, yeah. Certainly not now. Yeah. Uh, uh, That's low. <laughs> well, he's dead, man. I, know. <laughs> uh, I saw Christopher Reeve. I tell you, I saw him when he was uh, when he was in the chair. Oh, he gave uh, his hair. He was at UF. Yeah, yeah he was at UF, and he uh, he was at the college here, and he came in the uh, the to talk about uh, overcoming uh, odds and adversary. And, uh, and he was, uh, it's made a ton of jokes, man. He was, it was just sad to look at because uh, obviously I grew up watching him as Superman and yeah. the most capable person you'd oh, ever yeah. imagine. He just had the wrong, yep. uh, One, he just had that wrong thing happen to him on that horse that horse, right? the, yeah, got thrown by the horse. And uh, him and his wife became like, crazy advocates for stem cell research and fight the good fight and then after he died his wife got sick really sick and uh she died like a year and a half later from uh, i don't know if it was cancer or something like that so it was just a sad thing it's like when i watch noises off and you see john ritter and uh and christopher reeve uh, yeah, I love interacting that. and everything most speaking of which we haven't uh talked the uh speaking christopher reeve margot kidder died this uh last week that. man oh really yeah didn't you see that i'm no. margot kidder for lois she was lane young too. She was oh 68. that's right i did see yeah. that and and uh, she was became a huge advocate. She was one of the people that had. She was majorly she had bipolar. Mental, yeah, she had mental. Yeah, she was illness. Uh, uh, hardcore bipolar, but hit it for a long time and just thought there was something wrong with her. They and used she, to make jokes about her. Well, yeah, like, they they really shit. gave her a hard time. They, losing her shit. They, they she'd be in public and lose her shit. They took her. Uh, uh, well, they took her hardcore for uh, on Family Guy because oh, the incident right. was, she uh, she had an episode at her house and they uh, they found her in the neighbor's yard. Like screaming and naked, going and crazy and half naked. And, oh, wow. and she cut all her hair off. 
That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. She cut all her hair off, and then they found her in the uh, thing. But she was and then she went in and she got treatment for it, and she didn't. Re- she wasn't taking any medications. She didn't even know there was a cure for what she had. Wow. So then, when she took the medications, she was normal, and she went around in the rest of her life. She just spent talking to uh, uh, people about uh, mental illness. So yeah. it's sad that she uh, went because she was another person that just got a raw deal, man. Yeah. Uh, and now seeing those, you see that you see. Uh, Images of super him, her and him flying in Superman yeah, and everything like that. I posted that the other day. Oh, did you? I didn't even yeah. notice you posted one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's sad, but but it was a fabulous movie, man. That was a really uh, great random uh, uh, remake, and I'm pretty sure he did the music for it, but I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the soundtrack when I've been kind of scrolling his stuff, so it might not be one of his things. But but I'm glad to hear he's going around the country and. Uh, playing his music for everyone man because like i said that that music it touches a certain part of my brain man where i just i instantly will love what i'm watching every once in a while you'll see a modern director put that type of spin and music on it like drive mm-hmm. remember drive with yep. uh ryan mm-hmm. uh what's this gosling, gosling yeah. really good and it had like john carpenter-esque music in it huh. that i really really uh enjoyed uh and it's merely what i thought about so it brings me back John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Two thumbs right. up. Two thumbs, Two thumbs up, up, man. And I hope he comes back, man, and does some yep. uh, serious stuff. He hasn't come out with a big movie uh, since probably Vampires or that Body Bags was one that he did that didn't, uh, didn't pan very well, but I know it's on Netflix. Uh, but I, I'm sure he's still got some really great stuff in him. And I'm hopefully they involve him majorly with this one coming uh, coming out, uh, the Halloween coming out in October. Yeah, I'm excited oh, for yeah. that. I'll be there, man. My girl might even come out for that one. Someone invaded our town. Podcast invaded our town yeah. this week and charged 40 bucks a head. Uh, Is this one our future? Know, right? Is this our future? Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> 40 bucks a head. That's pretty good. You don't even sweat like being on stage. Either. Yeah, no, and they were just sitting on stage talking. I'm talking about... Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Jay and Silent Bob yeah, did a podcast from one of our music venues charged 40 Small bucks a head. Venue, yeah. yeah, fits like one. I'm sure they put on a good show, but man, 40 bucks a head, man. Yeah, that's I, too much. I won't play that. I, call I won't Paul. pay that for concerts. I was like, you go, and he's like, first of all, it was sold out. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it sold out. Quick. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, which means it was 150 people paid 40 yeah. bucks. Six, there's like three shows. It was like a six, or seven, a, six yeah. or seven and a nine or oh, something. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant yeah yeah oh they make money they go all over the country man they're so they're in they jacksonville were... like uh the day after they were in jacksonville so they just tour like everybody else that's when awesome. you're entertaining enough i'm sure they put on a fabulous show yeah and get the money wherever you can see what we have to look forward to yeah right yeah. <laughs> so just let us know we're available for booking <laughs> i bet we can beat his price too i i'll have to sit down i guarantee i'll have to sit down and crunch the numbers but yeah. i think we could do it yeah right <laughs> i work for chinese food yeah <laughs> Uh, all right so that'll be good for this week next week we have some exciting something very exciting i'm waiting for the week it's like yeah next week might not be that great Uh, the whole hum never gonna happen tune if you want (laughs) (laughs) what is fascinating with films is depressed (laughs) (laughs) they've kind of taken it down as of late now next week is going to be part two of our 80s comedies we've taken (laughs) we've taken a few weeks off to do other stuff we're going to come back we're going to hit our uh, part two list two out of four uh I hope I made that whole list at once. I did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I've had it made since I was 10. (laughs) (laughs) Just hadn't even an excuse to bust it out. All right, so that'll be good, man. If uh, you're listening to us on uh, iTunes or SoundCloud, you can give us a a like or a review. We'd appreciate it. Uh, You want to get a hold of us, get a hold of us on Facebook. Uh, We're we're definitely me and Justin are on regularly. Twitter, not so much, but I do go back there every once in a while. That's at Dupree Podcast. 
or through email at uh, fascinated with fr- uh, fascinated with films. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> fascinated with films, not friends. You'll get somebody else. <laughs> That's like the Namba. Yeah, the I don't Nambla. think you want to know, 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 know what that one is. <laughs> <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Yeah, yeah. Racy, racy, so, racy, racy. Their, their logo was a winking eye. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> at winkwink.com <laughs> no <laughs> at that we just gotta leave we gotta leave yeah. <laughs> alright say goodbye Ray. <laughs> see ya peace Bye. you see I take these glasses off she looks like a regular person doesn't she huh put them back on from Maldehyde face <laughs>